Welcome to Living a Sex Positive Life, where we can guarantee the topic will be about sex. We'll talk about the good and the bad, the health and healing benefits, the adventures, the relationships, as well as the crimes and the tragedies. Our mission is to educate, entertain, and just talk about that touchy subject that affects us all, sex. Now here's your host, Angelique Luna. Good evening, everyone. This is Angelique Luna. I'm here with my co-host, partner in crime, and husband, John C. Luna. All of the above, guilty. Guilty there. And this is a special edition of Living a Sex Positive Life because this is our last and final conference of August. Of August that we actually did a podcast broadcast. It was Florida Power Exchange, FPE, so if you hear a lot of that going on. So we had a blast. We had nine interviews. We were kind of excited and even had more people wanting to, but unfortunately, we wanted to enjoy the conference, too. We need to mix work and play. It can't be all work. Yeah, but they had so many great presentations, you know, that it was kind of hard to pick and choose, and some of them are double booked. It's like we had to miss our favorite attorney david downers our polyamory lawyers presentation of bdsm and the law you must obey because we attended the littles presentation because that was really good it was more directed to the daddies and the mommies of of the littles versus littles themselves but it was very informative so things like that but we did uh, attend dr harmony's uh, metamore love mapping which is really cool. And she's actually doing a workshop coming in November um, based on the Metamore love mapping. If we want to sign up, we just need to go to drharmony.com or harmony.com to sign up for that. So uh, I'm thinking John and I might be doing that. Not sure yet. It'll be fun. We should try it. Yes, definitely. So we're going to jump into our first interview with Lady Voss and talking about her event planning skills with Critter Camp and... Florida Kinky Campouts. Yes, Florida Kinky Campouts. We've heard wonderful things about it. I'm still on the fence because this girl is a city girl, refuses to go anything outdoors, maybe with an RV, possibly, but that's still questionable. But we, we, we have news that they're erecting a hotel nearby. Yes, 10, 15 minutes away from the campsite. So that could be a possibility there. But again, still more than eight hours indoors in the woods. City girl, no. You're not much of an outdoors person. No, I could do outdoors theme parks. I could do outdoors beach. Wilderness and forests and vegetation, no. No. But here you go. Listen in. Enjoy. Hey everyone, and welcome to Living a Sex Positive Life. This is Angelique Luna, and I'm here with my husband, John C. Luna. Hey everyone. Hey, and we're at Florida Power Exchange 2017, so we're doing a lot of short stories with folks. So right now, our first interview is with Lady Voss. Welcome. Hello. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself and about what you do in the community. Um. I have been in the public BDSM scene in the Florida community since about 2010. Um, I have been doing my own research and in private relationships for a year or two before that um, in a kink sense. My partner and I pretty much right off the gate decided to um, to start producing events very early on. So we have also been uh, 
the co-owners of Florida Kinky Campouts, and then later on, um, the spinoff event of Critter Camp. So we have, you can usually find us working around here, and that's really where our passion is, is um, being able to provide and support quality events for our community that's given a lot back to us. Yes, please explain kicking camp and <laughs> Critter Camp? Critter Camp. Critter Camp, um, yes, because we've heard of it, but our audience hasn't. Fantastic. It, it's interesting. I would love to share. Yes. Um, we are camping people. We are the outdoorsy, get dirty kind of people in that aspect, not just the dirty that we know of over here. Um, we, it is a really low-key weekend. Kinky Camp Out is held once a year, and it runs, it's a, Thursday to Sunday event, just like most of your standard events, um, but it is held at a private camp, clothing optional campground um, out of Plant City, and we have all sorts of events. We have um, a low-key class schedule, so where most of your larger events have three to four classes in a time block, we have one. So you can either attend all the classes, you can attend none of the classes, maybe two of the classes. It's just easy to really make it what you want. We have some people that attend that don't do any of the activities. They just want to go camping with like-minded people and be able to beat someone's naked ass at their campsite. So um, we have really cultivated, people tell us that it's their relaxing weekend. And so they can still come and socialize, but you know, where I love the formal nights because I like getting all dressed up and there's a time and place you don't have that. You can't really do that. You can't heels in a campsite don't normally mix. So we have all of the fun of a, any other event, but you know, you don't have to worry about, you know, did I pack my five corsets for each night or, you know, Oh my God, my heel broke and things like that. So it's come as you are. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a boots kind of girl too. So, um, well, that explains all the outdoor picks I see on Pet Life and wonder, you know, I can't do that in my backyard. My neighbors would complain. No. So I'm guessing that's the perfect event to get tied up it, from a tree. It is. Um, and, of course, we do have, you know, certain privacy policies, but at your own campsite, it's the equivalent of your hotel room anywhere else. So what you do, as long as you have consent of the people, of course, there take pictures and stuff so it's a lot of fun and we've, we've actually had photo shoots take place during our events as well because it's a beautiful beautiful site so we're lucky sweetie you may need to learn oh. to deal with camping and, uh, oh and I, I didn't even I didn't even get to I didn't well we, let me tell you so there okay. was a time where I did do the tent and stuff like that that time is no longer <laughs> and so we actually have a number of RV spaces so yeah. people bring RVs and campers and stuff like that so we, we can accommodate it just about anybody. And now, one exit up from our site on the highway is a brand new hotel. So within 15 minutes, you can actually have a hotel if you want. So, um, Critter Camp is held at the same event, but or at the same uh, venue. And it is geared towards people who participate in an animal modality. Mm -hmm. So um, we have puppies, we have kitties, we have our resident bunny, we have foxes, we have ponies. Um, we have various furries, so anyone who identifies in some way, we have our primals, um, and it's really an awesome place where people can come and get their animal on and really be outside animals, and so it's a lot of fun, um, and just really, there's 
that was really a passion because my partner and I, we both identify as primal. And then we both have, I have a kitty side and he's got a pup side. So there really wasn't anything in the state of Florida that was catering animal specific. They'd have animal parts, but no place to really just get your animal on and go all out. So how does that work? The pup and the kitty there. It's like, cause I just see them in, you know, real life form. Now I'm just thinking relationship form. Is it the same dynamic? I think, no, I think it kind of swings because okay. usually like, like for me, I'll be like, I just want to be pet. I don't want to do anything. You're going to pet me now. And then like, my mate will get super excited about something. I'm like, who's a good pup? Who's a good pup? Like, and I can do that in the middle of the grocery store and he'll do something and I'll be like, who's a good pup? And he's like, I'm a good pup. <laughs> so, I love hearing stories like that. <laughs> it, it's just, it's a very, you know, like he knows that he can give me scritches behind the ear and that kind of, all right, I'm in my Zen place. It's all good. So it's a little more organic. It's not so much like get the collar on and get the ears on. Right. Um, for that, um, and it's so funny when you see my mate around a bio pup, he'll get on all fours and confuse the fuck out of that poor animal because he'll get down and he'll be like, oh, oh, and get right up in their face and they're like, I don't know what to do with this. This this, this, this isn't is supposed to happen this way. I, I don't know. So it tends to be just a little more. Our pup and kitty side tend to be a little more organic in our just everyday life. And then Primal is a dynamic that we've actually, we kind of helped kick off and really start teaching years ago um, and really push towards the forefront because that was something people weren't talking about either. Mm-hmm. And it was just something that we were really, another like we do what we're passionate about, which is hugely important for us. It's not worth our time. We don't have a ton of, our lives are very busy. Our, our vanilla lives are very busy. So what we spend our discretionary time on is we, we have to do it with stuff we're passionate about. Right. Yes. So, yeah. So but we're very grateful for that because I've just heard amazing reviews every uh-huh. time. Everyone's like super excited. We're going to critter camp. We're going to camp out. And I'm just like, uh, okay, yeah. I'm too much of a city girl. I can't do outdoors. <laughs> but now, now hearing that there's, you know, a little bit more of it's Well, and we have, like and, we, on, and truth be told, on site we have showers. We have flushing toilets. Like it's not like primitive camping. Like, right. you know, like I can do that. I've done that. Not if I'm running an event. I am not doing that. So, no, it's yeah. totally, we can accommodate just about anybody. Like, if you, like we've had people rent trailers and stuff, so they have the bed and all the accoutrements of glamping and yeah. stuff. So. <laughs> totally. The hotel cool. sounds nice. <laughs> I'm super well, excited. Well, no, I used to do camping up north, mm-hmm. and I came down about ooh, 20, 25 years ago and did camping. And I set up my tent, and something moved, and I looked at it. And I said, is that a scorpion? Okay. And they looked and they said, oh my God, it is. We never see those. And we, someone grabbed it and put it far away on the road near there and walked away. And then later that night I got into bed and crawled across my, uh, <gasps> was another yeah. one. And I'm like, you said you never see oh, these sons of bitches. I just saw two in one. Okay. So I got to tell you, that's like red hard limit. Scorpions make my heart be like like spiders do to people. Like I can handle spiders all day long, whatever. But just, but scorpion crawling? No, I can't do crawling. The nope. best nope, meme nope. I ever saw on a scorpion was nature just put a crab, a wasp, and a spider together. Fuck you. Right. <laughs> that, that is perfectly sums it up. 
perfectly sums it up. Nope, 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 nope. And then nope some more. Nope. No scorpions. But putting all that aside, it's not really wonderful. That we <laughs> and we don't, we, we do not have scorpions. We, <laughs> we have random dogs from the farm next door sometimes. They like the bacon too. They came over for breakfast, kid you not. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. No, they well, they know where the good stuff's at, so and, and they know they have their little friends too, that, right? You know, the, exactly. <laughs> so, where can people find all this information? Where to find you? Yeah. Um, FloridaKCO.com uh, is our website, and it is in the process of being updated for next year's dates. So, I can tell you right now, Critter Camp is the first Friday, Saturday, Sunday weekend uh, in. Uh, January, and I do not have the dates off the top of my head. And then Kinky Campout is uh, March 22nd through the 26th, which is the Thursday through Sunday uh, weekend run. So um, for anyone that's concerned about, you know, January camping, one, we live in Florida. And even though it was ridiculously cold last year, critters tend to have gear and stuff, so they'll have a little extra layers. So we're not... Well, actually, that it. fits because I've seen some of the critter outfits mm-hmm. and they're not exactly normal Florida, Florida weather no. attire. Yeah. No, definitely Canadian weather attire. Right. So, yeah. so that's <laughs> and and even though it got cold last year was the coldest year we've I've ever had at any camping event on those grounds, and it still was technically far better than anything you have at North. So the worst thing that can happen, as far as I can see, is a bunch of us will need to have a cuddle party in one of the tents. We, we have a community center that some of the classes are held, and we actually did that. We got a bunch of people bring their blankets and pillows, and we got all the cuddle um, uh, room stuff in a big center pile, turned the heater on, and slept in a big cuddle pile. Like, there was, like, ten of us. It, it was actually pretty nice. That like, sounds fun. That's hot. So, yeah, it, well, it wasn't. It's it was kind of chilly, but it was, <laughs> yeah. it was warm at least. Yeah. <laughs> it's very attractive. There we go. There we go. Semantics matters. Yes, exactly. Um, And if they have any questions, how's the best way to reach you? Or Um, they can reach us through the website, and then it bounces to my phone, and then it dings, and then I happily answer questions. Awesome. And then if anyone's uh, local to the Florida area, um, and actually I'm on Facebook as Domina Voss, and so I'm easy to find, and you can always ping me questions there too. So can they find you up at Life Two? You can, but you're not likely to get an answer. Okay. I am boss under um, Pet Life, but I just that nope, I don't. That's fine. That's not fine. on there very much anymore. This so. is annually, right? Yeah. The Critter both of these events are annual, so two yeah. events and each one annual. So you got to stick it out for January. Yeah. If you're gonna do it, so yes. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> okay, so Lady Boss semi convinced me to go to. Critter Camp. We're going camping. And, and Kinky Camp. Up. Critter Camp, I think a little bit more because it's in January. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. January in Florida is actually quite nice. It's cool. It's good to be outdoors. But it is a kind of takeover. So if you ever wonder how all those people on FetLife get those nude pictures outdoor and you're like, oh, God, I could never do that because someone can walk around the corner and find us. What happens? That's a place where everyone gets to walk around naked, so you get to take those uh, types of photographs, and don't worry. Yes, that's probably the only reason I would probably consider it. Anyways, so hope you enjoy that. Here's our next segment. It is Rini, which is more of a history lesson of the community, the way how she grew 
up, I guess, through the... How she started in the lifestyle. Yeah, but still seems like she grew up and learned a lot of things and transitioned. And her story is not common because she was blessed. Because she met the right people at the right time versus some of us. Well, before the age of the internet, that was the (gasps) only way to get into the lifestyle was to know people. And since people didn't talk about stuff like this, how do you know who's in the lifestyle? But also know code and go through the Pennywise that was at your local grocery store. So, here you go. Here's your... Hey everyone, this is Angela Luna from Living Six Positive Life here with my co-host and Dom Troublemaker, the John C. Luna. Troublemaker works well. Which <laughs> guy. guy, everything. And we're, brought, we're recording from Florida Power Exchange 2017 and currently we have a young lady named Rini who's been in the lifestyle for quite some time but it's kind of interesting her story because it was you know I hate to say a dinosaurs back in the day kind of <laughs> technology welcome Rini thank you um I started out in the lifestyle uh I didn't know about it and then I had this friend and she was talking about it. she had a master and she was telling me stories and it was like the more she told me, the more I wanted to know. So finally she took me to meet him, and he became my master for a while. And then finally I asked him to release me so I could find my own master. And in the meantime, she took me in New York. We had two places. One was Paddles, and the other one was Hellfire. And Hellfire, during the week, was a gay guy's club also. It was called the Manhole Cover. Oh, wow. And yes. <laughs> Only and in then, New York. <laughs> and then on a weekend, it was called Hellfire, and it was an abandoned subway station. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Right. So you used to go down deep steps to get there. And that's how I kind of learned about the lifestyle. And then I moved down here to Florida, and I met people down here and everything, and then we found this place that used to be, I'm from the East Coast, Mm -hmm. and there was a place called Kinks there. Yes, we've heard of Kinks there. Right, and went there, and I met a lot of people there and everything, and I'm still good friends with a lot of them and everything. And good thing because I met my husband there. Oh, that's awesome. Right, my master and my husband. And we've been married for eight years now. We've been together for 12. Congratulations. Thank you. And I am, I became, I was his slave. And now I'm still his slave, but I'm also a switch because I have a submissive. Oh, congratulations. Yes, she's right now in a class with (laughs) my sir, so, and I love her. (laughs) And what's great, and a lot of people don't understand about our relationship, it's strictly platonic. You and your sub. Right, with sub and everything. And, you know, she can do what she wants when she's not with us or whatever. She has our permission, you know, as long as it's it, the, if it's somebody that wants to be her master or something, then she has to go through us and right. he has to go through 
But if it's somebody she wants to play with and have a little fun with, that's fine. Oh, it's multiple channels of, of getting a release and being satisfied. Right. Which is wonderful. Yes. And also and being part of a family. Yes, yeah. that's what she loves. She says she knew, like we told her from the very beginning, that there would be no sex and all of this. And she said she loved that. Because she knew where she stood and knew where everything was. Which was great. And I'm happy she loves it. And she loves us and everything. So... Well, it's funny when you get everything out in the beginning of a relationship and negotiation. Right. And you're in a community that trained you to say all this stuff that most couples don't say even after getting married. Right. It does make the relationship last longer or it ends pretty quick. Right. She's been with us now six years. Wow. About five, six years now. Yes. So do you come to events like this regularly? Uh, well, this this is my first time here at this one. We usually got BL, Beyond Leather. Beyond Leather. Down there. Uh, that's been, it's what, 12th year now? Oh, wow. We've been going to. Yeah, we haven't gone to that one yet. Yeah, that's on our book. And good then thing. I used to go, we used to go to the Florida Bash. Haven't heard of that one, Florida yeah. Bash? Yes, it hasn't ran in the last, I'd say, three years, but. It started in Orlando, and then slowly it moved over here to, like, the clear water or Tampa, but then it just died. Uh, mm. Hopefully it comes back. Yeah, because it's been around before I came down to Florida, to Florida Bash. And now I know there's another one, too, that was just before this one. Fire. No, fire is, uh, that's Master Cecil's. Yeah. Right. Uh, um, was it Fetcon? Fetcon. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That one's more models, um, entertainment, the adult. That was just. Entertain. Yeah, just that was the, in St. Petersburg. That was two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, right, mm-hmm. right. I've never been to that one either, so. Yeah. Well, all the but, events definitely have a different feel. Yes, they do. Um, different focus. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so far, we've been enjoying all of them. Good. A yeah, little different. Yes. Varieties of flavor of life. Yes, and like I said, I mean. Uh, you know, it's like seeing people I haven't seen for a while at this one. You know, and it's unusual. Nice, though. It it's really nice. nice, yes. Yeah. And now, how did you actually find out other people other when you first started? I mean, I know you, your friend introduced you to your master, and then right. it was basically word of mouth back then. Right. Because you weren't using the internet. Right. <laughs> and then, like I said, somebody um, knew about Hellfire, uh-huh. and we, we would go. And we took this one girl with us who wasn't really in the lifestyle, but wanted to come with us. And we'd be sitting in hellfire and everything, and a whip would crack, and she would jump. And everything, you know, she was like this. And in the meantime, my girlfriend and I were looking, and we're going, ah, you know, and she's jumping. But we have fun. Did she ever return? Yeah, she used to come with us. She knew she was safe with us. We wouldn't let anybody hurt her or right, anything. Right, but usually stories like that, you know. But like, we used yeah. to laugh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we find out of, of, of the few vanillas we, we brought with us and let us in, it's either a wholehearted embrace, almost to where it's a drug, right. or that was nice, so let's never do that again. <laughs> yeah, and never speak of it. It never happened. Well, that was like when I moved down here. My sister—I was lived with my sister for a while, 
And she knew what I was into. And every time I start to talk to Patty, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. And, you know, and I would tell everybody, she is so vanilla. She makes Casper the ghost look pale. (laughs) I mean, it was so funny. I mean, I never hid it from my family. My kids knew about it and everything. And they used to say, hey, they knew when they met my husband, Matt, and everything. And they just said to him, as long as you keep her happy, it don't hurt her. He said, no, I'll hurt her, but I won't harm her. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the difference. Right. The way it should be. Exactly. It's like sometimes we like our bruises. Even my boss at work knew. One day he says to me, my real name is Irene. He says to me, Irene, tomorrow, bring me in a whip. I got to whip these guys into shape. (laughs) So I bring a whip in. You know, and all this. I used to have this was, you know, one of these cheap little floggers, and I used to have it hanging by my desk, and then one day they were painted, so I put it in my top drawer. We would get somebody new, and he would come and introduce him. He'd say, this is Irene, and he'd open up my drawer, take this out, and if you don't do as she tells you, she'll use this on you. And he'd put it back in my drawer, close it, walk away. That's a wonderful introduction. Yes. Yeah, how was employee retention at that point? Then? Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, they never had discipline problems, I assume. No. Mm-mm. Not with me around. Unless we're reading, man, and she will log you into shape. Right. Well, like I said, when I brought the whip in, one of the guys from the parts department, because I worked in an automobile dealership, the parts department comes over and takes it from me and starts doing it. Because he was Colombian and raised on a farm. So he knew with the cattle and everything, he knew how to oh, use the whip. <laughs> that was psychological drama there. <laughs> right. He's like, I've used it just never on people before. This is fun. Right. <laughs> but, you know, like I said, so now everything's great. Good to hear. Yes. So do you have any advice for anyone Getting into the community? Uh, for like newbies, yes. Don't listen to what everybody tells you. Every relationship is different. Make it your own. That's pretty good. Right. Because there is. We just right. came from the brat class, and that was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, people say, you know, oh, well, you got to do this, and you got to do that. No. You do what's good, what's right for you, what feels right for you. Just research it like right. crazy. I mean, exactly. Ask. You always have to ask in the community. Right. I notice everyone has been so welcoming, so informative, and if not, they find someone who knows yes. the information. Exactly. Exactly. That's what we always did. Cool, cool. Thank you very much for your time. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Oh, definitely. Okay. Thanks, everyone. Talk about a history lesson with Rini, my God, all her adventures and stories and how she learned to be in the lifestyle without even really going into the internet. I wish I could have experienced the Hellfire Club. Oh, God, it sounds amazing. It just really does. But, you know, times change, people change, and society changed. So well, that's... they had things we didn't, and now we have things they didn't. 
Yes. So we just have to recreate it, but in a legal sense. So as long as it's not Texas, I think we'll be fine. <laughs> I, I think so. I think so. So next up we have... Sarah Blueberry. Yes, she is uh, one of the volunteers here at FPE, and she runs the submissive subspace in... Safe space. Safe space. I always mess that up. You want to be in subspace, yes, but she I runs do. the safe space. Safe space, yes, because she kind of g- gathered the idea from the Orlando Woodshed's submissive safe space to create one in Tampa, So, which is great there in the Tampa Bay area. They really need that. So let's listen in on how she does it. Am I close enough? Hey everyone, it's Angelique Luna, quit living the sex positive life, here with my co-host, partner in crime, and I don't know what other name we're coming up with. I'll come up with some new new titles later. Yes, John C. Luna and Tech Guy, no matter what. (laughs) And we're here at Florida Power Exchange 2017 doing a few interviews, talking with Sarah Blueberry. Hello, welcome. Hi. Tell us a little bit about yourself and the community. Um, I've been in the community for just over three years. And I kind of just bounce around from place to place. I really like to go to events like these, so uh, I try to make it as as much as I possibly can. Um, I also run the Submissive Space, Safe Space for Tampa Bay, uh, which is a fairly new um, discussion group. But they had one that was really um, successful out in Orlando. So I was like, we should do that here. So I do that. And I, um, I like to attend a lot of rope events as well. So that's kind of what I do. I, I will say you come over, you have a juice box in hand, a polka dot, uh, skirt with a name like Sarah Blueberry. And just before we recorded, she's like, Oh, and by the way, I'm a real masochist. I am. Wow. <laughs> it is true. <laughs> it is very true. That is awesome. So, uh, what have you been doing here at uh, at FP so far? Um, well, I'm on the volunteer staff, so I've been running around just trying to help out the best that I can. I kind of do a floater type thing where it's like, let me know if you need me, and that kind of pops up here and there. So, um, I've just been helping out with people in the classroom, getting them what they need, making sure the volunteers have what they need when they're posted somewhere and can't really run off somewhere. And I've been, you know, just floating around the vendor room, making sure, again, if they're stuck at their tables and can't go somewhere, if they need to have a bathroom break or something. So just kind of floating around saying, hey, do you need anything? Hey, do you need anything? And so it's, it's fun. Awesome. How long has the uh, submissive subspace been uh, um, available here in the Tampa Bay area? Actually, we just had our second meeting okay. last weekend. Okay. Um, so it's relatively new. Um, but like I said, it, I've heard so many people have awesome things about the one out in Orlando and yes. the things they take away from those discussions. And I was like, we really cool to have that. We have a really awesome community here in Tampa. And so I just was like, well, let's do that. Yes. There's, um, because we're from Orlando there. So we have, we've attended some of the events and it's always the submissive one is very comical to attend because there's always a lot of baked goods. There's tons. We of do food. have snacks. <laughs> you go to the dominant round table and there's nothing. Yeah. No, no, no. The dominant round table is usually held in the opposite dungeon as a submissive subspace, and they bring us snacks. Oh. And then we just sit there stuffing our faces. And going, we, should, we should be talking. Okay. That's the milk. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny because when I was brought up this idea to one of my friends, uh, she was like, "Will there be cake?" 
And I was like, I can make sure there's cake. There's always cake. <laughs> there was cake. Because that, that's just a submissive's need, just to make sure they're surfacing whatever it is. Definitely. Well, last time we did it, someone actually made homemade baklava, and that pretty much stopped the whole show. Oh. So. I just bought cupcakes from Publix, so. Oh, I'll eat them all the same. Oh, okay, good. Uh, as you can see, I'm famished. <laughs> yeah. <so. laughs> Me too. As we sit at a table with like $200 worth of uh, animal crackers, and snacks, <laughs> Rice Krispies cakes, and gummies. Don't forget the ring pops for hugs. <laughs> oh, is that what those are for? Yes. Oh, great. <laughs> That's a good trade. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, a we, still, we know when we see ring pops going around the entire event, we know we've touched someone's lives. Oh, I at like least it. For a little bit. I so like please it. spread the word. For sure. <laughs> so what else is going on in Tampa? How did you start a new lifestyle? Oh, that's And how funny. did you cultivate that masochist that you <laughs> so said so proudly a few moments ago? Well, I actually... Um, started so when I was 14 years old I discovered Tori Amos and she was like what is this she blew my brain in every way possible and I I'm not sure if you're familiar but she uses a lot of historical references and and all sorts of um just references that I at that age had no idea so I'm a researcher naturally so I just started putting you know pause the CD go and research what she just said and in one of her songs she mentions the story of O. So, oh, yeah. and Amazon was relatively new at the time, but it still existed. And I, at almost 15 years old, got my first copy of the story of O. And I read it, and I remember thinking, this isn't real. Like, this would obviously would never happen. These things wouldn't happen. And then, um, you know, fast forward about six years later, I'm 20, 21 years old, and um I started, you know, reading different things or it was just brought to my attention that, no, yeah, actually, all those things are kind of real. So I had always been interested in being service oriented, but I had no idea where to start. And I asked a lot of questions and I did a lot of research and I ended up finding um, a gentleman who had been in the lifestyle for over 20 years and we met and we were friends for a while. And then we decided to do a service-oriented um, training. Mm -hmm. So, you know, essentially slave training. And it was a really wonderful experience. And he, it didn't end exactly the way either one of us had really thought it would. But the experience, the takeaway was great. And at that time, I wasn't in the community quite yet. But he knew that I am naturally extroverted. So he was like... Go, be, go go explore. Go explore. You, you will, you know, you will do well in that. And so um, I went out to one of our local events, Fetish Circuit, for the first time. And I visited the woodshed for the first time within the same week of each other. And I was like, this is great. This is really awesome. And so um, with me being service-oriented, I really picked up on what can I do, how can I help type of aspect with it. And then... Through that, I just met awesome people, and some of them became my tops. And it was like, oh, I can do this. And then we would do a little more, and it was like, this is really enjoyable. And I discovered rope bondage, and that was a, that was great, too. So I just started exploring a lot with some pretty awesome people. Um, had a couple of learning experiences, of course, like how a lot of us do first coming into the community. But, you know, once you find your people and you can be comfy, you can explore all sorts of things. And it turns out it's not very much that I don't like. 
That's kind of interesting there. Let's go back to the story of O for some people who've never heard about sure. it. Please explain a little bit more about it. Yeah, the story of O, it's it's one of my favorite books. Um, it is um, originally it was written in French. I believe it was released um, under a pen name, I think, in the 1950s, but don't quote me, but at a time where um, BDSM was not really, you know, big, especially to publish a book about. So um, I don't want to spoil it for everybody, the story, but essentially it's it's a very submissive woman who goes and does uh, her, her boyfriend, her lover at the time, uh, took her to a place where they did slave training, essentially, in several different ways. And it's just a story about how she surrenders herself to it. And it goes into great detail with things. Like, I remember being 14 years old and reading the uh, the word writing crop for the first time and going, I have no idea what that is, <laughs> or flogger. And it, it explains in the book, it definitely goes in detail of the type of leather they use and how thick it is. And it's it's very detailed when you're reading it, but still when you don't know what those things are, it was like, what is that? But it's, it's a really good book, and I definitely suggest um, – you know, people picking it up if it sounds like something they would enjoy. Because I know there's just some parts of it where I'm like, yeah, that's good. <laughs> Here's a cigarette and a glass of yeah, wine. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wish that had been the more, more popular release, uh, another release of uh, Fifty Shades. Because um, at least that sounds a little more accurate. It, it is a lot more accurate. A lot, a lot less consent violations in that story. <laughs> people don't realize Fifty Shades of Grey had several. Right. But, but people, I think that it gets a little bit more of a... I mean, I never read the books personally. Um, I did read... Well, I read like the first five pages and I was like, this isn't really good writing, in my opinion, to keep me anyway. I don't care what you're talking about. But, um, I mean, that's just my opinion on it. But... Uh, I honestly think that if it brings people to something that they think they'll, they'll enjoy, then good. Everybody has to have an in. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think the people that are meant to explore mm-hmm. it and stay in it and really do love it and embrace it stay. And the people who think, well, let me just throw on a collar and you know this kinky outfit and show up at an event. And then they see what it is that we actually do and we're really engaging with each other and in scenes and having these, these play dynamics. And if it's like, some people walk in and go, oh, yeah, that's not for me. It sounded hot in the book. You know, I really like the collar. It looks cool. But uh, I don't know about, you know, seeing somebody get paddled in the corner. And they make their way out eventually, in my opinion. So that's just the way I look at it. <laughs> but even so, it's like some of the collars are very elegant. It's like, especially here in our vendor room, I saw some really pretty ones that I would wear as a choker. But unfortunately, I know a lot of people think, oh, your collar. So who's your master? And I'm like... Just like the accessory. It's really funny because I actually just bought this. <laughs> it's a rubber collar that says it's black and just very simplistic yeah. and white letters a slut on it. And I had to get my friend's opinion because I am a submissive as well. And so the topic of collaring and wearing a collar alone is something that I is very serious to me. But I got the opinion of my friend. I'm like, I don't want to wear this. And somebody thinks I'm collared. And she's like, I think it's playful enough to where you can get away with it. But I agree where there are some in there that have, you know, the eternity collars, ones that lock and everything. You could, it's easy to get mistaken for yeah. sure. Well, we heard, heard a great story about a... Uh, Michael Kors necklace. <laughs> no, it was a, um, I remember it was a classroom out in San Francisco back in the 90s. 
and uh, out there was this Midwestern girl who was very stylish and very proud. And she, you know, accessorized as best she could because she was going out and meeting new people. And she put a handkerchief in her bag. She walked around and thought, oh my God, San Francisco is just so friendly. Everyone's saying hi and talking to me. And I don't remember the exact colors. <laughs> I was going to ask. When they had to break it to her that this means you're kinky and you're into blood play. She threw it on the floor. <laughs> I think like, it was Whoa. a red handkerchief in the left. Pocket. It, yeah, would be, it would be a deep red. I think the burgundy is yeah. actually for blood play. If I'm not, I'm pretty sure I'm right on that. Yeah. But I had a friend of mine that did the same thing with the bright red hanky, which is for fisting. And she was like, what, why? And I was like, <laughs> so let me tell you something about that. <laughs> and the truth is, I would really like to be able to use that system. But it is about 10% of the male population. I'm colorblind. So I sit around going, what's that? What's that? Oh. Oh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> oh, my God. That's, yeah. I don't like being the color interpreter, just no. to put it out there. <laughs> and and now they have apps that you can point your phone at a color and it'll tell you. But then I look really creepy having my phone looking around following someone's ass. And you're like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> yeah, just a- I think I would just ask at that point, hey, what color is your hanky? <laughs> Chances are they might say, what's the do ya? Because maybe some non-lifestyle person. <laughs> <laughs> so where can people find information about you, the Tampa Bay Submissive Safe Space? Or... Um, I don't have anything on Facebook right now for the safe space, but on FetLife, it is Submissive Safe Space of Tampa Bay. So if you go to the groups and search that, it should pop up easily. I'm fairly regular with keeping the event page up as well. So that's always linked in there. Um, I'm Sarah Blueberry, um, exactly that on FetLife as well. So if you want to search for me, then I'm there. Awesome. Thanks very much for stopping by and telling your story and and telling the world about Tampa Bay Sam. Submissive safe space. (laughs) I know. I get tons of Um, Don't even (laughs) ask me. (laughs) Thank you. Well, that was a lot of information. I don't know how to process that. It's just, wow, different. Well, I'm glad stuff like submissive safe space is out there, and I'm glad there's volunteers. They made such a difference on the event. Yes. The volunteers definitely do because it it just makes it a safe space for everybody. Because especially when you're in your, I'm going to use Harry Potter, muggle world, it it is very challenging versus in the magic world of community. It is totally different. Yes, Harry Potter reference. Even though I'm not a Harry Potter fan, but it just makes more sense to me right now doing muggle world versus wizarding world of community which because it is a very diverse event fpe because you have the leather you have bdsm you also had some swingers there you had plenty of poly plenty of poly and then a newbies coming in that they felt safe you had the littles too but our next guest is a pet her name is cat so you guess what she is yes you know what kind of pet she is, cat. So, yeah, let's hear from her stance and opinion and coming into the community for the first time after being behind the scenes online. Here we go. 
Hi everyone, it's Angelique Luna here with Living with Sex Positive Life, a Florida Power Exchange 2017 with my co-host and husband, John C. Luna. Hello everyone. And here we're talking now with Kat. Hi, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Yes. So tell us about how you got into the community. What what do you do? Um, so I identify as a submissive, a masochist, and a kitten. And so I entered the lifestyle right at 18 into my first um, power exchange relationship through DS. And since then, I've just kind of been evolving through my relationships. About a year ago, I discovered that being a kitten was actually a thing. So I've always been cat-like. My family's always called me a cat. That's why I have the nickname cat. <laughs> and it's what I go by because it's just easier and it describes me well. And so finding that was really exciting for me. And I just... A big thing that like drew me in was that it's a learning environment. There's always something to learn and kind of a knowledge slut. So I go and if there's something to learn, I'll learn it, even if it doesn't pertain to me. That's interesting there. It's like, so are you planning on going to Critter Camp anytime soon? I actually just found out that that was a thing. Um, I only entered the like local community about six seven months ago before that was all online community and then my personal relationships so i found out it was a thing and i'm definitely going to try to go to that (laughs) super exciting oh so still testing the waters and learning how the community is yeah public there so how is it different from being doing research online than versus in person i honestly i like both aspects of it i feel i wouldn't be as receptive to the in-person had I not done all of the online research. So I use a bunch of different sites and connecting with other people online. So it wasn't so much the, I guess, the fear of the risk of meeting people physically. Um, So it was that and then it gave me a really good ground understanding of a bunch of different things. But now I'm starting to be like, I have all this broad general knowledge, but how do I focus it and how do I find out more? Because there's only so much available online. So being coming into a local community, there's a lot of great teachers and mentors that I've spoken to in all different things. And so it's helped me further my education in kink and BDSM through entering it. And so I feel they kind of have to coexist. You can't learn everything from one thing. Well, the, the online community definitely um, kind of gets you wet and softens the blow. Yeah. Because I know my first experience, I went to the woodshed many, many years ago when it first <laughs> opened, and it was one of their um, really adventurous nights. And within 20 minutes of being there, I saw a blood play and went, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So it took it, me a while just to step back and say, okay, this is something I want to do. Yeah, it, it's definitely hard when your first experience is being to exposed to a more edgy, extreme side of things. You definitely don't have to be into sadism or masochism or blood or pain to be into BDSM. It's why it has its own little, it's why it's, it's I don't know the word for it, like acronym or abbreviation for the different subsets. Because you can be any part of those groups and still be involved without ever having someone hurt you. So yeah, I think people don't, don't realize there's there's a different kind of hurt and a different kind of enjoyment. They, well, there, it's kind of the hurt versus harm debate because for hurt, if I have a part, I have to have a status as a partner. If they aren't comfortable hurting me, I don't feel comfortable asking them. But it is something I need. Mm-hmm. And so it's figuring out that hurt versus harm. I want my partner to hurt me. I want them to cause me physical pain within our 
agreement, but I don't want them to harm me. I don't want them to take me outside of our pre-discussed realms of what pain I like and don't like. So have you learned different ways of negotiating with different partners or? I have, it's something I've actually recently had to look more into because I only within like the past three months started playing outside of a dynamic. So when I'm in an actual dominant submissive dynamic, it's months and months of talking to them before I enter it. So all that's kind of been covered just in casual conversation and I recently started developing play relationships. I still don't do pickup play where, like, I go to a party and, like, oh, I want a scene tonight. Who's available to see? I have to watch them. I have to have people vouch for them. I have to have them vetted to me in some way for me to feel comfortable playing with them. And then comes, well, here's all the things you can't do since it's our first time playing. Let's just use vloggers and hands and or a violet wand, but nothing any more than that. To go into the more edgier types of play, I've would have to know them longer as well as negotiate more because, like, something that interests me is needle and knife play. Obviously, I'm not just going to hop up on the table, okay, poke me with sharp things. Poke me, poke me. <laughs> well, that's, that's actually, the, from what I found, the norm in the community. I mean, it's all about trust here. Yeah, for sure. And, and even the community feeling between, it, I mean, we're all friends, or most of us are friends, but mm-hmm. I keep hearing family being thrown around. And yes. it's so much about being close to trust. And when you put your hand, you're putting your life in someone's hands, mm-hmm. whether it's knife play or even whether it's, it's suspension. Yeah, suspension is a off. It's a form of edge play that a lot of people don't realize is edge play because there's a lot of risk associated, and it comes kind of into the safe, sane, and consensual, and um, risk where consensual kink, where they kind of have to work together because what seems safe to me may not be see- seem very safe to you. But it's safe because I'm aware of the risks and I know the precautions I have to take and what can happen if something does go wrong. And so I think that's a lot, something a lot of people miss when they look at something because they're like, oh, it's just rope. But there's a lot more to it than just rope. Just like when people look at fire and they're like, oh my god, it's fire. Well, I'm not on fire. I need yeah. fire cupped. I may be playing with fire, fire. But it is safe. I walk out of there with so, minimal marks. Yeah. And the marks still give me good smiles, so it's all good. Exactly. <laughs> so, so you mentioned, uh, uh, let's see, sub, sadist. Masochist. You miss masochist. You just went straight, I was going to say that. You went straight to uh, uh, Kitty and you miss masochist. I'm like. Oh, yeah, I'm a masochist. Yeah. <laughs> so would you consider yourself a switch? No, I'm not such a I don't have any sadist in me. Um, I find it oh. important to know the traits and what it requires to be um all of the roles that I can find research on um so I'm kind of not weird but since I am so knowledge oriented I will learn things for both sides so if someone's having struggle and they're like well what is this and like well you can do that they're like oh you're a top no I just know how that works because I like to know what I'm asking for what it takes for a dominant to give me that because I can better evaluate if they're the right person to do that with for me that, that's a good way to go. Um, we've talked with a lot of people in the leather community mm-hmm. that everyone starts as a bottom. Yes. And so many people have an issue with that. But it does give you so much of a better um, understanding of what they're doing to someone later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, that's kind of, um, I wouldn't say controversial, but it's a touchy subject for some dominants because they're like, I'm dominant, I'll always be dominant, there's no way I'm subbing for anyone. And there are some who will bottom 
once in a blue moon just to kind of reassociate themselves with what they're doing. It kind of it helps them feel better about that what they're doing. Oh, definitely, it makes you explore yourself and figure out who you are. Oh, for sure. Like I know I could never top someone. Like I have the knowledge to, and I've been asked by a dominant to top another sub, and it went about two seconds, and I looked at them and like. I can't, I say for them, like, I can't do it because, yes, I can do it. I have the knowledge to do it. I physically, mentally can do it, but there's not that emotional want to it, and I don't feel it's fair to a bottom for me to be sitting there and they're trying to have it because a lot of bottoms are, if the top isn't enjoying it, they don't enjoy it as much because they know they're making the top uncomfortable. Yeah, there has to be some sort of chemistry. Yeah, that totally makes sense there, and it just makes you a well-knowledge, well-versed, you know, person, both top and bottom, in, in order to know that when something's going wrong with the top, you can just say, uh-uh, yeah, you're not doing it right yeah. there. This is how you do it. And I know we've heard horror stories on some tops or doms that are just like, don't critique me. Don't tell me what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. And I'm like, uh, no. Yeah, I'm the same way. Um, a lot of people mistake me for a switch sometimes because I was so prominent in the online community before. I had a tendency to... Um, I can't think of the word to address it mm-hmm. when I see things like that and I give the person respect until they show me they don't deserve it mm-hmm. so if they come at me calling me all sorts of names and a horrible sub for speaking up it's like no that just proves how little you actually know and you need a lot of this comes from lack of knowledge and lack of wanting to know mm-hmm. um, so a lot of what I find really good dominance will do is it doesn't matter if the advice is coming from a sub from another dominant from a little like if it's something of value on something they can do better to make them better they're going to reevaluate what they're doing even if it's as simple as when someone's tying rope if they're doing a column and they're looping the rope multiple times to kind of build a base for it If those are spread out, it kind of defeats the purpose of having that extended area of contact. And so if it's just like, oh, well, when you're doing it, maybe put them a little bit closer together before you tie them off. It's just simple things like that where it doesn't seem like a major thing, but it can actually help reduce the risk of nerve damage when you're tying someone by the wrists or ankles or um, elbows or anything like that. And that's one thing I've noticed with this community. It is about ongoing education. For sure. Um, I always feel like if, if someone tells me they know it all, I'll just immediately stop the conversation and walk away because it's obvious that they don't know enough if they think that they know it all. Only the person who knows nothing says they have no limits. Everyone exactly. has hard limits. I, I find that a lot. You'll find a lot of people wanting sort of a pickup play online, like a role play negotiation, and it's, I'm a slave with no limits. It's like, if I ask you to physically modify your body for me after knowing you for five minutes and you don't know my name, you're most likely going to say no. That's a limit. If we, some people are into amputation, it's their kink. But if someone asks you to do that, there might be a little bit of hesitation. And it's just about if you say you have no limits, you haven't been exposed to them yet. Because at some point, there's going to be something where you're kind of like, eh, I don't know about that. That's not really for me. And a lot of it is just not knowing. Um, We know a master in Orlando who someone did come in and say, I have no limits. Mm -hmm. 
And he turned to his, his uh, other sub and said, go get the horse speculum. <laughs> and <laughs> the look on their face is probably priceless. He goes, I didn't have a horse speculum, but just saying it turned him white and I knew this wasn't going any further. Yeah, it's um definitely. And I find a lot of that and it kind of ties into the judgment factor. Um, obviously, we're what's considered a very open-minded community and you will still find people um, who kind of have hesitations and don't know how to think about something. And I find a lot of judgment and kink judgment comes from lack of knowledge. True. Because, I mean, we're all humans. Anyone who says they don't judge at all is lying. It's built into our nature to judge of some sort because it kind of goes back to that primal instinct where it's, well, I have to be better for this better source of whatever physical need, emotional need is. But it's learning how to control those and properly address them. Like, you can think something and be like, oh, you know what? I probably don't know. Maybe I should go research that some more. And you're like, oh, well, I can understand why they would like it. I just really don't like that. And that's perfectly okay. Um, It kind of ties into the your kink is not my kink and that's okay. Absolutely. Um, well, thank you for stopping by, Kat. Not a problem. Thanks for having me. Knowledge there. Yes, absolutely <laughs> there. I love it. Um, in case our listeners want to reach out, how can they find you for um, more information or ask you questions? Yeah, my fat life is Lissa Cat Rose. And then um, I actually run an educational blog online. It's called Kittens BDSM Form at WordPress. Awesome. So they can reach out there. Um, I have a lot of things going from basic BDSM in the breakdown to the mechanics of it to my views and encounters on things like degradation, which I kind of came into life. So I was like, oh, that's really bad. And then as I've grown, I've kind of learned it's not my thing, but I can understand why people like it. It kind of goes through that self-realization as well. Oh, wow. That is a great resource there, <laughs> the blog post. I know a lot of people love between podcasts and blogs where to find the information, and especially yeah. accurate information. Yeah. Because we found those uh, biased, opinionated information, and I'm like, yeah, no. Yeah, it's um definitely been lots of hours of research for me, so I try to condense as much as I can, and I will outsource to other blogs, if even comment on other blogs, and um, re- be like, hey, I read this awesome thing, here's the link. Right. So... Oh, fantastic. Well, thank you very much. We appreciate that. Thank you, guys. Have a good day. Oh, you can still taste the pixie dust off of Kat being so new into the lifestyle and like well-versed because she really studied a lot online. I mean, she was totally that book nerd that wants to know as much information before going into the real world. She she was definitely very well-versed and knew exactly what she wanted. Yes, and that's afraid to ask, and I wish more people were like that. But she had said she's open for anybody to contact her and get any information so if they have any questions. so It's good to see new people and young people that confident in themselves. And a lot of it comes from being in a space, at a place where they, where, where they can speak these things without reprise, without, what's the word I'm looking for? Judgment. There you go. Shame. Let me throw out all the other negative words there. So, anyways, I hope you enjoyed and picked up some tips. Next up is Jordan. She is the headmistress of House of Elves and also leads a uh, 
Recovery and the Lifestyle group. For people who are not familiarized with Recovery and the Lifestyle, it's basically an AA and NA meetings. Um, usually you see it on cruise lines as Friends of Bill. So people would know that if they're having a weak moment, alcohol, drugs, or whatever substance abuse, that there is someone there that could help. And that is such a great asset to any kind of event because we know a lot of these uh, sex positive kink events, there's always some kind of alcohol, some kind of sex, some kind of something going on on top of the other well, there's always temptation somewhere. Obviously, oh, yeah. the alcohol is not in the dungeons or places where it could be dangerous, but the temptation is always there. Right. Yeah. So that's great that there's this meeting, Recovery in the Lifestyle. So let's listen to Jordan. Hi, everyone. It's Angelique Luna with Living a Sex Positive Life here at Florida Power Exchange 2017. Here with my husband and co-host, John C. Luna. Hello again, everyone. And we have Miss Jordan talking with us today. Welcome. Hi. So tell us about your story, your journey into the King community, and also the House of Elves. This is like, yes. that's what like bait and switch does. We're like, really? Tell us about this. Yes. It's like uh, I will say, I heard it, and I said, oh my God, Harry Potter fans are everywhere. Yes. <laughs> the person that actually named the House Elves is a huge Harry Potter fan. And um, three years ago, we had a contest on what to name the service-oriented submissives. And um, Naya won the contest with her house elves, and we absolutely love it. Absolutely. Um, so my journey started off as a submissive. Um, my husband is my dominant, and we started strictly in the bedroom. And then we started finding out more and more and more and more. And um, I am not a 24-7 um, MS relationship, um, but pretty much um, a, a life submissive. Um, I'm not a slave. I have my husband. I have a partner. And it, as I said, it started in the bedroom, and it grew into more. And I found myself loving to help people. You know, whether it's giving you a bottle of water or, you know, if you need a demo dolly, I would volunteer or stuff like that. Um, and it's progressed more and more and more. And now I incorporate it into our everyday life as well. Um, we have house rules. Um, I'm a member of a leather household, the House Toujours Prey. Um, Ooh, what's that? A leather household is a... For me, it's a group of people, of family, of like-minded attitudes. We're a, a militant household, um, so we have a hierarchy. We have a, a, a head of the household, Master Allen, um, and a sergeant in arms and that kind of stuff. Um, all friends, and we do stuff together, and we go to events together, and we have once-a-month get-togethers. Um, we service the community. We hold discussions um, Poly dis not poly discussions, but kink-related discussions, uh, flogging classes, um, just a meet and greet and that kind of stuff. Uh, consent, service. Consent, yes. Yeah. Um, and it's definitely about giving back to the community. Uh, and we love it. We found a group of people that um, my husband and I both relate to, you know. Um, so the house elves came about because they kept seeing me in service at all the events I went to. 
Um, whether it, it's, you know, talking to you guys or getting water or stuff like that. And so the concept of the house elves is service oriented people that want to give back to the community on their terms. Um, so there's no set hours. There's no set rules. You have a backpack with supplies in it. And if somebody asks you for something and you have it, you give it to them or you try to find somebody who has it and can, or point you in the right direction. Um, two years ago, we took a little bit of a turn in direction because they're the house elves. So what I did um, is in Florida, I went to various houses, leather households, family households, whatever, and said, would you like to support the house elves? So it's the houses supporting the house elves who support the community. Oh, wow. Because there's nothing nobody's being paid nobody's um you know promoting it or anything like that it's just they donate the supplies all the supplies are 100 percent donated by the community by the houses to the elves and then you know we do stuffing parties of the bags and uh i have 14 elves this year um and it's awesome. It's absolutely awesome. I love the concept of the houses supporting the houses supporting the community. And, uh, it's a big circle of life right there. Yes, very much so. Well, with such a big focus on aftercare. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I know it, it, it's, it's as a dom, you're done with a scene and you have that choice of cleanup, which of course has to get done. Or the aftercare hugging, or you have sometimes other people sitting over you waiting to do stuff. Having this little aid just to come by, mm -hmm. or even later on, you know, here's a granola bar, here's a water. That can really change a situation. Yeah. The first, I believe it was the first class yesterday, um, there was a house elf in the audience, and she jumped up and went and got her bottle of water, and then I think um, like three other people, the elf and other submissives in the class, all helped them clean up after their class you know and she said it normally takes like half an hour to clean up well 10 minutes later with all four of them working together they were able to get out of the room quickly get the next presenter in there and that's just I mean you jump in and say hey can I help you do you need some help I really enjoyed your class I love listening to you so that's that's what I love to do I just want to mold them nice little pointy ears <laughs> I looked I looked for headbands this year that had elf ears. Halloween's coming up. You never know. I, I know. But instead, um, my kitten elf, which you guys met earlier, came up with um, bracelets with jingle oh, bells. And, I like that idea. Um, this year, Know Your Roots. So she got a little tree with roots uh, oh. for the dangle. So you can, besides seeing our red backpacks, you can see. You hear, hear us coming. <laughs> you can hear us coming. Um, and I'm really, really very thankful for her. She's so enthusiastic and she's my assistant. And um, hopefully next year she'll be taking over for me. Well, earlier I was in the lobby and I guess a group of elves, I didn't know what elves were at the time, <laughs> came running by with the uh, uh, little jingles on their leg. And I'm like, oh my God, it's a pack of belly dancers. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm hoping that next year they have the ears, <laughs> just because I, I need to see that, and it'll amuse me. Yeah, but that's the greatest bribe, isn't it? I think Wear so. Wear the pack, get the ears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so this year I have a kitten elf, I have a bunny elf, 
I have regular elves. I am labeled the queen, queen. elf. Very goody. <laughs> um, and it, it's been a lot of fun. A lot of fun. And I think that they're slowly getting recognized as, hey, there's somebody out here that can help you. Right. You know, that's why it, if you see somebody and you need somebody, just grab one. They will love to help you out. I feel like I need to push, you know, have you thanked an elf today? <laughs> you know that that is very true. Actually, this year I have tickets um, for presenters and staff. If they see an elf doing a good job, they get a ticket. I have blue ones and golden ones. Um, I have a first place and a second place prizes for them that, again, are donated by the houses, something that means something to the house. And we have a big gift basket. Um, one of the houses is, is full of littles, and so we have a littles basket. And um, Is that what's in display in that big room with all those no, baskets? No, oh, this is totally separate from that. Oh, okay. Um, I, my house um, is the militant uh, leather family, um, and we're mainly impact play or, or kink play, but there's also the service and the submissive side. We have a, a mirror map that we donated oh. that um, will be with that basket too. Um, another house, uh, uh, Bound in Blood, that family, um, is very much about um, not typecasting people, about uh, fluid identities and um, positive love and positive family. Mm -hmm. um, and they have a book that they love. And they all signed mm -hmm. a book to put it in to go with their identity of their house. Oh, nice. So the elves, if you see somebody doing a good job, give them a ticket. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then I get to tally all of them at the end of the day tomorrow or Sunday. Ooh. And, um, Just try not to give them all away in one day because I know you do get super excited when you see someone helping. You're like, ah. It was one way to get people enthusiastic about it as well. Mm-hmm. You know, and to get them involved, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that makes a difference once you, everyone's involved together, because then they feel they're part of the community. Yeah. With little, you know, it just helping out to like presenting. I, I think it's just amazing how this whole community works in this event. This is our first uh, Florida Bar <laughs> Exchange, so we've just been super happy and super excited on everything. I know I have taken more than my five minutes time. And that is probably the triad saying, hurry up. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Any but questions for me? How people can find you? Well, do you have a blog? Um, or? No, on, if they want to be. On FET, um, on Jiggly Jordan. Um, on Jordan, most people in the Tampa Bay area just know me as Jordan. Um I have another role in the community, which I would be more than willing to talk to you guys about off the air. Okay. Um, that I also do at all the events that I go to as well. Um, we'll so. talk about that later. I know, that's a download It's actually, I don't mind talking about it because um, I'm very open and honest about everything. And um, I try to bring a recovery and the lifestyle meeting to all the events that I go to. Yeah, we um, saw that. We were very impressed because uh, we haven't seen it at other events, even like sexual educators and yeah. sex positive um, ones. 
I am not a teacher or a professional or anything like that. Um, I've been clean and sober for 10 years. Congratulations. I found that I needed it when I went to cons and um, at a, a, an event that I went up to in Atlanta, um, Frolicon, I saw recovery in the lifestyle in their um, booklet. And I was like, I bet that's exactly what I need. And the thing is, is I was waiting in line to get on the elevator. They had a line to get on the elevator that it took about 15 minutes to get yeah. to the front of the line. That's about normal. They were serving shots. <gasps> oh. And I'm what do you mean? And they would go up and down the road. It, it was the shot line. And oh. um, I looked in the booklet and I was like, yeah, I'm going to a recovery in a lifestyle meeting today. <laughs> and uh, that's how I found out about it. And um, it's really awesome because it talks about all of those addictions, whatever they may be. Mm-hmm. Um you know, from cocaine to alcohol to narcotics to sex to food to um, codependency and all of that. But you can talk about the dominant and the submissive or the kink-related sides in an, a, in an anonymous 12-step meeting. That's fantastic. Um, that is. Because sometimes going yeah. to just a regular one, you always feel judgmental that people are yeah. just judging you because of your alternative lifestyle and they're saying well that's the reason why i'm like no i'm actually (laughs) very lucky i have a sponsor in my regular aa group that knows everything about me um and i thought there was going to be a huge amount of judgment and i was told i love you unconditionally every aspect of you oh that's so fantastic not a lot of people have that right yeah Yeah. yeah so um, I strongly encourage events to contact Recovery in the Lifestyle. There's a website, and if you want someone some to come to them, they will go to you. Perfect. That's you know? good to know. And I offer it whenever I go to an event. I contact the producer of the event and say, hey, I'm going to be at your event. Would you like me to bring my supplies, and I'll host, facilitate Recovery in the Lifestyle. And it, it's open to everybody, you know. Were you in Byron last weekend? No, I was Talk to not. Master Cecil because yeah. he's having, yeah, that, I, I think that would be fantastic yeah. for That would but, be fantastic at every um, I know, at every event. I normally do three or four events a year. Uh-huh. Um, my sir, he's, he's known as my ogre. So, <laughs> um, so, uh, so, yeah, yeah. My, my ogre <laughs> limits me to one event every quarter. So oh, he doesn't, okay. he's like, no more, you're overrun, you can't do anymore, you, we do it's like monthly sir. events and stuff like that, but one event yeah. per quarter. So. That's a good start. So, yeah. I, and that's, I think that's all about me. <laughs> Which is fantastic. It's yeah. a lot of great information. We appreciate that very much. No problem. Well, thank you, Jordan. Appreciate thank your time. You. Hey, Angelique. Hey, John. How are you? I'm good. Got a question for you. Sure. What's up? How often do you use or buy your sex toys? Uh, quite a lot, actually. And are they doctor approved? Ooh, no, they're not. So, what if I told you that there's a website where you can buy doctor tested, not Dr. Phil, real doctor, urologist, tested medical grade toys and products for your sexual health and pleasure that are all guaranteed doctor approved to be safe? That sounds interesting. Tell me more. And what's great is... Most of them come with videos, not only to show you how to use the product, but how to get the most out of your product. Ooh, are you talking about urologyhealth.com? 
That's the one. Oh, awesome! Yeah, I've been talking to them. They even set up a discount code for us, Miss um, Angelique Luna, for ten percent off the products. Ten percent off is pretty good. Yeah, considering that these help improve your health. So similar to Kegel exercise for women, they have a lot for men here. So, and women, but more for men because men need to work out their Kegels and health products. Sounds awesome! I should go visit it right now. Absolutely. See you soon. Oh, she was so delightful, Jordan. So much, so much information, and so much giving and love from that girl. Oh, I know. It is just like just amazing, and it's just like I just felt bad that her hip popped out, it, and it was very painful. And I, it's like we were too timid to help her, but thank God there was a couple of her House of Elves came in and helped her pop her hip back in and help her out. And I mean, that's the whole sense of community, just knowing that you could trust somebody that's going to have your back or take care of you or know what to do. So you're not alone. So that was just fantastic. There's always someone to help you at one of these events. It's so great. Yes. And and it's like the little red backpack. It it was hysterical going through what they had, like tape, glue, glitter. I'm like, what the hell? They had something for everybody. And let me tell you, it was kind of like they were going to that show. What was it? What was it in the eighties? Let's make a deal where the guy's like, "I need a red paper clip," and everyone would like start digging for it. Yeah. What was that? Oh God, I don't, I don't remember that. I was just going to say, I was going to say thank you for the Littles Room because oh, yes. that Littles Room saved us a couple of times there because they had all the supplies, the arts and crafts, and that's all thanks to what is House of uh, House of Synergy Synergy, yes, which <laughs> is a poly triad. Relationship. Uh, led by a bear. I just love saying that. Uh, yes, le- a talking bear. I kid you not. I wish the audio would came through with him and his talking bear. It was priceless there. But it was Lady Elevate. I just like he has a show. Aliana. Aliana is the one who Midnight or- Angel. Midnight Angel. I- I'm going back to Miss Aliana in regards to giving her props and thanks. For the little space and room. She was the one who coordinated that whole wonderful room experience with movie nights, story time with the governors. Oh my God. It, it, it was just like, I wish we weren't podcasting so much because I wanted to go play over there and watch Moana and all that with those guys. So, here you go. Listen in. Enjoy. Hey everyone, it's Angelique Luna here at Florida Power Exchange with Living a Sex Positive Life podcast with my husband and co-host and troublemaker at the moment, John C. Luna. I've been talking to a bear. (laughs) I'm going to let the bear introduce himself and his polycule and triad. Welcome! Well, thank you. Um, I'm Hirakata, and I'm also known as the bear. And to my left is my wife. And her name is Little Lady Aliana, and to my right is our house elf, um, Midnight Angel. You guys have voices. Use them. Yeah, yeah. You, you can say hi. I, I think he gives permission. Hi. We just, first of all, it's wonderful that what you guys are doing here. Well, thank you. Sex positive. Um, this is really important to us. <laughs> I can you can cry. I swear. And this I becomes did. emotional. Yes. Uh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um. For me, exploring um, 
exploring our dynamic. Okay. First of all, um, this is Midnight Angel, and um, our triad is a poly DS dynamic. I'm also your Miss Florida Leather and Fetish Pride 2017, which happens in November. Awesome. So I get to step down in a few months, looking forward to see who will take the reins and do well mm -hmm. with an educational in our sex life, you know. Um, my actual platform when I ran was called Space which stated for safety, personal accountability, consent, and education. Okay. It's been a very busy and successful year, and both my master and my lady have actually supported me through the title year. Oh, that's wonderful. So, uh, what got me started to wanting to do a run for our title was we actually previously ran for Florida Power Exchange year one and year two. Okay. And we evolved from that. Even though we did not win, it was the fact that we learned about each other on the direction we wanted to go and mm -hmm. made us stronger and began exploring different dynamics. Um, I'm actually exploring the pup and owner. Um, my breed would be a Pembroke Corgi and my lady actually sat there and she's now exploring the little dynamic with a little and daddy and I don't signify as a little. I'm more of the middle. I like being the troublemaker. Daddy, I need the keys and credit card. I'm going by. Stop. Bye. So that's my end of the deal. So so it's not really a brat situation? No. Anymore. Yeah, because we, we're still learning the, the difference between little, middle, and brat. So it, it, I can be a brat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's more about that independence. Like why when you turn 16, mm -hmm. you can explore. You, you, you you're that teenager that you can go and do what you want, mm -hmm. but still have the safety net of a daddy. True, true. So yeah, we, we know. That that. Well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we have our own little sixteen-year-old who's gonna be seventeen in October, and she does a lot of that stuff. You know, she's a rebellious and troublemaker. But then it's like, daddy. <laughs> so in a couple of years, I'll miss it when it's gone. Uh -huh. But right now, I have an abundance of that. <laughs> <laughs> Empty nester. Well, you know, with this lifestyle, you can have a daddy and a little, so I don't think you'll really miss them that That's much. That's true. Yeah. But, sure. you know, things are evolving and changing. We never know. One thing, it evolves, and the best thing about this lifestyle with BDSM, you can actually mesh it and twist it to your own needs. Your core is what you make of it, and your dynamic. It, you can have the same dynamic across 10 to 20 people, but it's going to work differently for them. And so you can... Right. Even like we've discovered like vocabulary is completely different. What people might think of as a submissive or a dominant or a top or a bottom. Yeah, even absolutely. You know, different things. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I know that with me exploring the little... Um, I've actually I've actually come to some realizations um, when we were at FETCON um, this past year. I realized that, well, my little is not submissive. Which is kind of weird. Um, I'm actually I hit top space when I'm in, when I when I actually really go into little head space. That's my top space. Wow, that's interesting. Um, yep, yeah, I play with a violet wand, um, and people watch me in the dungeon, and I play, people, and I laugh, and I am. It's like a little kid playing with a playing with a very powerful toy, um, and but I absolutely love it. And that's why I'm in charge of little space here at um, FPE. At FPE. So you're the big little. I'm the big little. Yep. 
or, or the little ringleader. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Because she's doing a phenomenal job over there. And let me say, like, the Littles activity room has been a lifesaver for everybody in this conference. <laughs> because I, I could not print something, ran over there, got myself some construction paper and markers from the Littles to make up my sheets. Yep. And you guys are just been fantastic. Yeah, I'm glad. And that's, um, that was my brainchild. Mania um, gave it to me to run with, and I did. Um, I really wanted to kind of change the way people thought about Littles. Mm-hmm. There's so many of them in this community, and so many of them more and more coming out, and I really wanted to change, because so many people thought, oh, well, they're just being a brat. They, they just, they're just trying to do it to get attention, and it's not. A lot of them come from a very vulnerable place mm-hmm. to be a Little, and allow them to go, allow themselves to go into the Little headspace. And it's not role play for a lot of them. It's not just role play. They really want to be taken care of. They want to be loved. They want to be nurtured. And whether it comes from abuse past whatever reason, you know, why, or just they want that for themselves. Um, For me, that's very, very important. And it's why when Amiga gave me the opportunity to create the safe space that I did this weekend, Mm-hmm. Um, for Littles, I put my whole, I've been playing it for a whole year, because I knew about it last year. And so I've been playing it for a whole year for them, uh, and I love it. And I love the resounding help that I got from the community in um, putting supplies in there, when my friends had said, okay, I can't do anymore. <laughs> the community really stepped forward and helped me with that, mm-hmm. um, and I love it, and I love what I'm doing with it. Don't lie, Daddy cut your credit card budget. <laughs> and don't, just the thing is, just the warning, don't piss off the little lady. The little, she's a sadistic little. I am a sadistic little. She holds the credit cards. <laughs> I like it. It's a sadistic little talk. Yes. And you don't hear those words put together quite often. You don't. You but really, really don't. Fun thing, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it's absolutely fun. Oh, I'm totally evil when it comes to, you know, if I'm topping somebody and stuff, I, yeah. Save me. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's kind of sort of like um, the little girl with a tea party, and she has her hands on her hips, and she's, you know, in no uncertain terms that this is her tea party, and you are or not invited. <laughs> may you may or may not follow the rules correctly, so you may or may not be here too long. Right. <laughs> But we have been a polycore for 15 years. 15 years now this year. I like that hesitation before you said 15. Well, I don't think about it. I'm like, it's been, it's been, it's it's been been 15 years. It's, well, and it seems like it hasn't been that long, but then sometimes it seems like it's been longer. Um, I won't say our lives are perfect. We don't always get along. (laughs) Um, we live together, um, 24 seven. And so it's uh, it's constant. Um, we're constantly <clears throat> under each other's feet, in each other's spaces. Um, we try to establish places within the house where we can go to have a little time, be by ourselves, and stuff like that. Um, we're not always successful in, in having places um, to go. But um, a lot of people ask us, you know, well, how in the world have you made it? this long um, and not killed one another 
We just haven't found places to hide the bodies. No. <laughs> and for one, it's still legal to kill people, so... Oh, come on, Dexter gave us a lot of ideas. He, he really did. He really did. He really did. But um, for, for us, of course, communication. Um, we have to have family meetings. We have to sit down and we have to talk. Every week. You know, our schedules are put together and um, brought together so we can say, okay, what are we doing this week? So that toes don't get stepped on, you know, everyone's taking care of exactly what they need to do. Jimmy, as is, um... Well, since the both of you are talking so much, yeah. I kind of figured that I'd let you have, like, free reign on a leash. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's good, it's bad, it's ugly, it's got its rotten parts to it, but, you know, it's its, its own beautiful thing, kind of like a Dalai painting. Uh, uh, I'm not exactly sure what I what I can say about it. I mean, we've seen people come, we've seen people go. Uh, there have been a number of people that we've tried to integrate into our house, but they don't quite fit, and you just kind of move on. And you know, we've basically moved from <clears throat> one shoebox to another as far as what we call ourselves, and it evolves, and people evolve with it. I mean, she wasn't always a little. I wasn't always a sick fucking sadist, and she wasn't always a Pembroke Corgi. Nope. Arf. No. I still need to get you ahead. That's able to drink and smoke cigars. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm the one with the bear, so yeah. Yeah, but the bear can do what the corgi eat. Yeah, exactly. I'm still not fucked in it yet. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so Anything's possible at conferences. Just this put it out there. I just imagine I'm going to have to like meet some really wild, fucked up person that's going to want to have that <laughs> staring down at their face. Yeah, so. I think I can do that. I, I just suggest blindfolds at that point. Yeah, <laughs> I would do. I mean, would say pillowcase is a great time good. in America for pillowcase. No, not for pillowcase. That's why I said blindfolds, because then yeah. they think yeah. that the shades are gray and the right. ribbons kind of deal. So that's why I'm like, Just blindfold. let them know about the bare head before you put the blindfold on, and then don't surprise them at the end when you take it off. Uh, <laughs> Take it off right before I get ready to come. <laughs> Bareback style. <laughs> oh my god, no! The, the therapy bill is just going to be amazing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, but yeah, that's just fascinating hearing you guys and that being honest about it because a lot of people just think, oh, well, being in a poly relationship, it's super easy and don't realize how much work it comes it's along. It's constant work. It's you constant know? work. And constant. especially if you're trying to bring more individuals, I mean, do you guys date outside the triad? Yes. Or we have the ability to, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That, that's where I was just like, okay, because each family has different set of rules absolutely. and how they handle. And absolutely. Can be also. Yeah, no, absolutely. We're allowed to go out um, mm-hmm. and seek others. Um, not just for sexual play, but also for BDSM type play, mm-hmm. um, in service, um, perhaps, if I wanted to go serve another dominant for a period of time, I could, mm-hmm. but they have to know I have a primary. Right. You know, and this, this primary, this core takes precedence. That's not the same for everybody. Correct. Um, but for us it is. Um, we do have, we do consider this primary. Yes. Um, and so other relationships are secondary. Um, 
And sometimes that's really hard for the secondaries to understand that. Right. And do you go in the community and teach on how your dynamics has worked or game plans or, you we know? Do absolutely. Um, we're actual national presenters. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, we're national presenters. We presented in Pennsylvania, Atlanta, Louisiana. He's presented in North Dakota. Yeah. She's presented in Texas, Colorado, Texas. Arizona. Utah, yeah, all over. Almost the whole thing. You did it in Texas? El Paso. I, I was in North Dakota. I want to know what the they taught right there. Yeah. <laughs> Forget Texas. Just because there's not a lot of people around doesn't mean they can't be kinky. There's it more. Just they have lots of room to be kinky. There's more guns and, and than there's people. There's a different kind of kinky up there. I mean, I really can't say that I that I could live up in, in North Dakota. There's nothing up there, in my opinion. Except for farms and fucking missile silos. I wouldn't believe how many fucking missile silos we have in, in North Dakota. I mean, a number and a letter. And just a fenced off perfect square. They could be repurposed for a dungeon. Well, not yeah, not that long ago, I had, I had a friend, and he's one of those people who's always aware of the weirdest shit. He comes out with the news, and you're like, that can't be true. And he was talking about when they were selling missile silos. And he's like, I want one. I want a dungeon, that's one. I want to turn one into a dungeon. But who the fuck's going to visit me in Montana? <laughs> you know, you can't, have a fetish, you can't have a fetish club that you need to drive 200 miles to get to. Right. It's kind of like, because I was born and raised in Utah. So when I go and teach my poly classes, you know, it's like, okay, I'm Midnight Angel. I'm originally from Utah. And no, I'm not Mormon. And no, I'm not a polygamist. I'm poly. There's a big difference. Like, oh, I'm so glad you cleared that up because that was going to be my first question. So it's like, yeah, you have your jokes that you can do. Yeah. <laughs> I always will be. But I was just imagining the lockdown system on one of those uh, missile silos. <laughs> fucking hilarious. Well, now we can't get out for another 48 hours, so, um, do you want to have sex? <laughs> Can I vlog you? <laughs> Can I offer to uh, tie you up? Yeah. There was a show where they actually did a tour of one of them. And it's not that each floor was big. Mm-hmm. He just had 18 floors descending. Yeah. So that would be great. Roping's on floor, on net, what, on minus two. Flogging's <laughs> on minus three. Blood plays, no, you got to go down to minus 15. You'll keep it uh. <laughs> And uh, piss and scat, that's um, one floor above the very bottom because I still got to hose this shit out. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, daddy. (laughs) Oh, did I catch you with your mouth open? (laughs) And did not put anything in? Oh. Well, it's not that big. Not that kind of convention yet. 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 It's only day two. Well, in case people want to find out more about your family or what you're presenting and everything, how can they find you? Or is there a place for them to find you? Actually, there is. Um, it's um, The website is houseofsynergy.com. So, or you can find us on FetLife under a Midnight Angel, House of Synergy, M. Hirakata, and Little Lady Aliana. And Synergy is actually spelled S-I-N-E-R-G-Y. That's a little bit of a uh-huh. <laughs> Little yeah. So it's, it's, it's S-I-N instead of S-Y-N. So we did change it. We like plays on words. Yep. Yeah, okay. Totally. 
totally love the interview. Thank you so very much for signing up because I love teaching people that this all works and just need to ask. And thank you very much for the Littles activities. It's just everyone was super excited, like even up to it and things. So you're doing a phenomenal job. Can't wait for next year. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Have a good one. Bye. Wow, they make it sound like being in a DS triad polycule so easy just the way describing it. Even though we know from experience it could be challenging as fuck. But some people make it work very well. And they make it very seamless. And it's awesome that they have that website, House of Synergy. It's awesome that Lady Midnight... Midnight Angel. A Midnight Angel, thank you. It's like, sorry, John has a show notes. So I don't have anything. So just, just to remind you people. And I'm like, holding them hostage. Yes, it's like that and he's holding my orgasms. That's for another podcast. There, But uh, she is going to relinquish her title of Miss Florida Leather and Fetish Pride in November. So she's been honored and grateful. And she's looking forward to see who's the next one. So that could be our next possible event to attend there. Oh, I know it's coming up in November, so I know I said no more trips, but there's two that I really want to go. You're an addict, admit it. Oh, I know I'm an addict, but these are events we haven't attended, okay? If it was something like Catalyst Con or... Oh, hold on. Wait, you're making me go to another event where I get to talk to open-minded, beautiful people and chat with them and hang with them and perhaps beat a few of them. Oh, twist my arm a little more, sweetie. Oh, yeah, and and, and go to a dungeon that you can actually have sex in, okay? One of the rare dungeon moments, okay? Because 99% of the time, most dungeons does not allow biological fluid exchanges, a.k.a. sexual fluids. So, yes, this is one of the rare times. Okay, anyways, we're digressing. But it was great to hear from the wonderful triad. Uh, Next up is Sun Dragon, and she's talking about... The care and feeding of non-biological cocks. She got to uh, present at FPE this year and got some pretty good reviews on her uh, presentation. Yes, because she actually did a live demonstration, meaning the non-biological cock is one of those similar to the seminent that we just interviewed a couple weeks ago, that it is a toy that ejaculates. Well, for her, it was more of an extension of her, Mm -hmm. that it wasn't just a toy, but it's something she made love with, with her partner, and was therefore an extension of herself. So it was much more intimate for her. But let's go ahead and listen in on her story. Mm -hmm. Hey, everyone. It's Angelique Luna here at Florida Power Exchange with Living a Sex Positive Life with my co-host, and I'm trying to figure out now because every time we do this, it's a different name, John C. Luna. I'm just going to say hi. This time, yeah. Uh, I better be careful. It's like Dungeon Plays in a, in a couple hours. So. <laughs> and we're here with our next guest, Sun Dragon. Welcome. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about yourself there. Uh, so I am a sex educator and a relationship coach. I'm currently getting my degree in psychology with a focus on human sexuality and gender studies. Um, I used to be a technology consultant, and then I decided that I wanted to do something that I thought was more meaningful to people's lives. Uh, and I think that's probably what I find most rewarding about teaching is when people come to me after the class or even weeks or months later, and they talk to me about how their relationship or their sex life or their life in general uh, is doing better as a result of something that I was able to share with them. 
Oh, that's fantastic. Always making a difference, especially in the bedroom, is well needed in this world. Especially here in the Bible Belt, just saying. <laughs> so you did a presentation. Did you want to talk about your presentation here at Florida Power Exchange? Because we've heard great reviews about it. Thank you. Um, so this was uh, actually one of my new classes. I Most of my classes focus on communication skills and orgasms, which are one of my favorite topics. Very mandatory. Uh, well, people really like learning about how to think yourself to orgasm and uh, just get really creative with what you can do while you're uh, connecting to other people. Uh, but this event, I was teaching a class called The Care and Feeding of Non-Biological Cocks. Um, it was really tough to find a name for that class that uh, I didn't want people, we're talking about cocks, uh, but I didn't want people to think that we're talking about, you know, how to give your boyfriend a blowjob, uh, which is also a great topic, but not what our focus was. So we were talking about how to, what is the difference between uh, just having a toy or a strap on and having something that you think of as your cock or your penis or part of your body. Um, what makes uh, a strap-on real, what makes a cock real. Uh, we talked a little bit about gear and how do you bond with it, uh, a little bit about psychology, uh, the neurobiology of how we um, perceive sensation and how we can generate sensation, uh, and then uh, some of the energy elements of that and how you can, if you're uh, an energy-aware person, if you use that as part of your sexual play, how do you bring your cock into the picture uh, it was an hour and a half. We covered a lot of stuff. Yes, I know. It was like you were talking and it, it was just fantastic. And also energy play came into discussion. Yes. How so. do you incorporate that? <laughs> yeah, because that, that's something still learning because people hear tantra sex and they hear energy play. So please explain more from your point of view. Sure. So uh, some people have a hard time with the concept of energy. They're not really sure what it means, uh, especially people who are uh, very much identified with science and the idea of everything has to be precise and measurable. Uh, so interestingly enough, science has started measuring energy and we have a lot of scientific evidence that supports how energy works. Uh, for example, when people touch each other, they synchronize. You can see in scans that their the wavelengths in their brain synchronize. Um, so we can see some of those things, uh, but some people just naturally sense it, and they don't necessarily need that evidence. And it's about the difference between just touching something absentmindedly and touching it with intent, being present, being mindful, thinking about how, where you are right now, how you feel yourself in your body, what you need, uh, what your presence is, and then the other person and where they are and how you connect with them. And how can you take that intent, your experience, mm -hmm. and bring that other person into it? Uh, what what's inside of me, what's alive in me that I want to share with someone else and what's alive in them that they may want to share with me. And that becomes the focus instead of the mechanics of what you're doing. Well, that is fascinating. You know, trying to get people out of their heads in regards to the physical aspect, but more of the energy aspect. Uh, and as it relates to Cox, we were talking about how you can take that energy and... Uh, either channel it through your cock, especially combining that with uh, some of the orgasm practices that I teach. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's almost the experience of being able to energetically ejaculate, uh, which we had a live demo for. Oh, uh, fascinating. <laughs> I missed that. I know, we're scheduled. Yes, yes, yes. De dealing with adulthood. <laughs> Responsibility. Please continue. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I uh, almost all of my classes have a demo because one of the things that I find frustrating about some classes is that it's really good information, but if it's brand new, uh, sometimes you don't quite visualize what the person is talking about. Mm -hmm. you, you walk away thinking, I think I get it, but 
but I don't know exactly what that looks like in real life. Uh, and so I'll often end my classes with a demo. And so we did a demo uh, of, uh, I had a lovely volunteer that gave me a blowjob. Uh, and then I came in their mouth um, with my cock, my non-biological cock. Um, and it was an opportunity for people to experience that and to see how I brought energy and connection into that play and to see how you can uh, bring use different practices mm-hmm. uh, in order to connect to someone and still have an orgasm and still... Uh, be able to enjoy yourself in slightly more creative ways. Yes, I love creative ways to enjoy oneself there. So that's awesome there. So what other workshops have you taught there? Uh, So I teach uh, a set of communication skills related workshops. Uh, Some of it is based on nonviolent communication by Marshall Rosenberg, which I highly recommend. Um, And the basic concept there is when you're talking to people, trying to focus on connection and empathy uh, instead of necessarily the uh, exact words that the person is saying. Often when people are stressed or if they don't have a lot of experience trying to communicate about, especially about personal, vulnerable or difficult things, um, they, they express themselves in ways that are not necessarily helpful for what they're trying to accomplish. So maybe you feel hurt and you really want to connect with someone, uh, but instead of being able to say, I feel hurt and I want to connect with you, you say, why can't you be there for me? I'm feeling so stressed out. You're like the worst partner ever. Uh, and, and what's sad about that is what you're really trying to say is, is that you want help. Mm-hmm. And uh, what you're really doing is making it harder for someone else to help you because most people will hear that and probably either feel um, hurt themselves or get defensive. Uh, and so I talk a lot about how can you reframe um, listening to people and how do you reframe the purpose of conversations and how can you do that work with yourself So how can I just within myself learn to translate myself into language that is more likely to allow other people to be able to hear me and want to connect with me uh, and and then actually being able to address the needs that are behind that that stress. Uh, So that's one set of classes. Another set of classes that I teach is around orgasms, which are one of my favorite subjects. I teach, uh, the the basic class I teach on that is called Rethinking Orgasms. Mm-hmm. And it's about uh, kind of dispelling a lot of the myths that we have in our culture. Things Which like, is way too many. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially in... in um, A good chunk of those classes are more oriented towards women uh, or female-bodied individuals because we have more sexual oppression around women's Mm -hmm. sexuality. Uh, A lot of women struggle with having orgasms at all, uh, and even when they do, it's it's often there's a lot of emotional baggage around that uh, with things like I take too long or uh, I I'm not. Um, it, it gets so stressful to the point that yes, I have an orgasm, but I'm not necessarily enjoying it. Um, or I would like to be able to orgasm for certain things that are not working for me. Uh, and so that class does a lot of work of looking at challenging those myths and looking at the effects that they have on us and how we can start to reprogram that. Um, specifically working towards uh, learning to orgasm without physical stimulation or from alternative forms of stimulation. So that if you can just have an orgasm without, like, I could sit here and have an orgasm while we're having a conversation, uh, which would be a little rude without asking, but uh, nonetheless, I'm if just you Harry met Sally scene, that's all. <laughs> I can do it quietly. Um, but why? That's, that's a bit out of it. Come on, you gotta enjoy it. It's like, 
Um, so once once you you pick up some of those skills and once you start breaking away from from the uh, what I like to call like the standard model of sex, which is we kiss, we make out, maybe there's some oral sex because we're getting a little progressive, uh, and then there's intercourse. Uh, and I, I really try to reframe the way that we see sex as what we're trying to do is connect, be present, have a good time, have a, an, an experience that's either just min- meaningful and or a lot of fun. Uh, and it doesn't necessarily matter all that much what is happening physically. Uh, not to say that you can't have things that are physically your favorite things or fun, mm-hmm. but that's not the focus. That's kind of like the, the, the last piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... I have a big batch of classes that focus on that, and then I have another set that focus on kink. Wow, you just got all covered there. It's like, but it's fascinating. It's great work. It's really, really needed there. You know, because a lot of people just don't think about orgasms non-physical. Like, it has to be, like, you got to penetrate in order to get an orgasm. And it's like, no, you can sometimes just have a mind fuck, you know, and... It's, some people just don't understand that when I said, well, yeah, I could have an orgasm just with a really good erotic story and just fuck with my mind and I, I'm there. But yeah, that, that's just great tools to give, you know, or to teach, you know. I'm wishing as I hear this conversation, I could learn how to do that. I don't know if you teach it for guys. So I, <laughs> go ahead. No, please go on. Um, so I do teach some things for guys. Uh, it's not the main focus of those classes, uh, but there are some biological differences between, uh, and I would say male and female bodies as opposed to men and women. I'm genderqueer myself, um, and that would probably take a long time to explain and it's not as important, but everyone's identity is different in how they relate to their bodies. But biologically, there are some differences. So even though I'm very masculine, I still have a female body. And there are certain things that that arrive with that female body. Some of them are great benefits. Uh, Female bodies have an easier time having multiple orgasms. Uh, People with male bodies can. That that is a skill you can acquire. Uh, And it has to do with uh, learning how to separate orgasm from ejaculation so that you can reduce your refractory period or eliminate it altogether. But it is a different set of skills. Um, So definitely have some, some information about that. Uh, but also, uh, people with male bodies often like to play with people with female bodies. And so even if the skills are not necessarily for you, they may be for you in a sense that you can then do things like have orgasm control with your play partners, uh, or talk your partner to orgasm, or have other fun games. That sounds like fun. And the truth is, I apologize. We've done at least two episodes on gender, gender identity. Yes. And I still screw up. But. I know it's a work in progress there. I'm just still thinking the orgasm control there because we, we have one of our friends who enjoys doing that and I still cringe every time they play that game, you know. Just remember, sweetie, as we were told by uh let's see, multiple Master Penguin, what your hard limit what your hard limit is today will become your soft limit in the future and eventually will become the ooh, can we do that now? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Which is very true. We've noticed that within the years. So. so in case people would love to take any of your classes or get coaching services from you, how could they reach you? So the easiest way to reach me is to go on my website, which is sundragonrising.com. Um, I go by Sundragon on FetLife as well, mm-hmm. so I'm available on there. 
Um, and it has, the site has a listing of all of my classes on it, and it also has a delightful contact me button um, where people can send me an email. Uh, and, and I see that on the site as well. A lot of people I find out say something like, you know, I've been wanting to talk to you for a long time. Uh, you don't have to come up with something really sophisticated to say. Uh, it's perfectly fine to just send me an email and say, hey, I'm kind of curious and, and I don't know what to say. And that's okay. I mean, I, I chose to be an educator because it's easier for me to start conversations. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I really want to encourage people to not think that that burden is on them. Uh, if you if you can get to the point where you, you can get to the point where you, you click the button and you actually say hi, you're doing great. That's, yeah. that's as far as you need to get. And I, I can make sure that we'll figure out what it is that you're trying to ask and work our way from there. And that's great advice. And I hope they just listen and say, just say hi, and I'm interested in this. And Let's talk. And I do want to mention something else. Um, uh, I think that's important. Even though a lot of my classes are about things you can do with orgasms, I also have a lot of respect for the fact that as a result of the way uh, the oppression in our culture, a lot of people can't orgasm or really struggle with it. Uh, and I do address that as well. So just, I think if somebody's listening to this, if they might uh, be thinking, well, you know, oh my God, that's all about like different things that I will never be able to do. Uh, it's okay if you're not there. And sex is not about orgasms. It's about connection. It's about uh, being human. It's about being present with yourself and other people. Uh, that said, orgasms are a lot of fun, mm -hmm. so it's something interesting to explore, but if you're at a place where you're not ready for that, or you just don't um, think that that's something that's for you, that's okay as well. I agree completely there. Well said. I appreciate that very much. Thank you very much for your time, Sundragon. I appreciate it. Thank you. Well, Sundragon really took us to the next level energetically, the way she was explaining her classes and workshops. Hmm. Definitely need to catch her next time. I'm rethinking orgasms. Oh, yeah, completely. Well, I'm That's... usually thinking about orgasms of some sort, so I'm just rethinking them now. But just the way she was describing it, it was just like, oh, yes. All right, so now we've talked to Littles, Pets, Polly, Triads, Diaz, uh, House of Elves. What else did we talk to? Um, let's see. We've talked about recovery and lifestyle that... meetings. Mm -hmm. We've talked about submissive safe space, but now we have something new. A leatherman. Uh, someone from the leather community. And now, is it a leatherman or a man of leather? I thought it was leatherman. Okay, someone type in in the comments or let us know what is the correct thing. Is it leatherman or man of leather? Sounds like friggin' uh, conspiracy theory here. But either way... There are both men and women in leather, mm -hmm. and Stuart is a man of leather, and he's going to tell us his story. Enjoy! Hey everyone, it's Angelique Luna for Love and Sex Positive Life, broadcasting from Florida Power Exchange here with my co-host and husband, John C. Luna. Hello everyone, now that we're uh, fed after a long day of broadcasting, we're back for more fun conversations. I know we've gotten several requests to do this on Saturday, but I've seen so many awesome workshops on Saturday. I'm like, but I want to go to the workshops and I want to go do the activities because this is like a great conference. It's our first time here. So enough about me like whiny. I'm going to pass it over to our next guest, Stuart. Hi, welcome. Hello there. How are you? Good. Tell us about your story because you started telling us before the broadcast and it, it just seems so fascinating and interesting and then i also want to know he's part of the leather community and he's going to explain about that because he has a bunch of cool pins on his leather vest so All right. for you. well um i got into the lifestyle in around 2009 
I met a very interesting Australian lady who uh, was a submissive and was sexually submissive. Uh, and she saw something in me and um, she drew out the dominant side of me, which was led for to two, four, I speak English well, uh, led to several amazing months because there was, no was not part of her vocabulary. She would, Ooh, oh, that's and, 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 oh, it was great. Cause, and I would get, like, all right, let's see you do this. And she would uh, do this and she would, and did, and so there was no shame. There was no hesitation. And I think part of it was, she was obviously, she was getting off on it, but part of it was also, this is your part of your personality and you need to learn how to explore it. And this is what you can have. And so that was amazing. Then her fiance found out and that was the end of that relationship. Ouch. <laughs> As some stories go. Um, short time later, I had another relationship again with a sexually submissive woman. Um, she, she was married. Um, I really wanted to explore more of the sadistic side that was starting to develop in my mind, uh, but she was not willing to go home with bruises. So we, she was also one that was willing to try just about anything. And that was a lot of fun as well. And, and we parted and went our separate ways. Um, at the time I was also married and it was an extremely unhappy marriage. Uh, it had been for a while and part of it was I realized I had repeatedly put myself second. Um, it was part of my upbringing. I at least like to blame that on my upbringing. Um, and I watched Brokeback Mountain uh, for the first time. And as I watched it, I realized that the life that I was living, even though I had a house, I had two kids, I had been married for close on 10 years. I was not, I was living a lie. Yeah. And if you go back to Brokeback Mountain, these two, these two characters have this amazing romantic relationship that they have to hide because at the time it wasn't acceptable. And it ate away at both of them. And I realized that the feelings and desires and urges that I had that I tried to express to my wife and tried to get her to explore. We went there, no interest, none, none. And just that led to the end of our relationship. And so five years ago, um, and I began speaking with a lady on at life who was kind enough to meet with me publicly and took me to my first public, well, it wasn't a public, it was a private play party. It was somebody's birthday and, uh, walked into the dungeon and half naked people, whips, screams, crying, sweat. And I, it was like a, a wave washed over me that I, oh, I'm finally home. You found your people. Oh, it was one of the most exhilarating experiences. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't too terribly long after that, that as we get into talking about my pins, uh, the first FPE was held. Okay. And so that was my first convention. Uh, I've been to all five FPEs. I've been to Beyond Leather twice. I went to the 10-year one this year and uh, two years back to the eighth-year one. Uh, I've been to a number of other, not necessarily conventions, but um, 
kinky camp out type of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to Fatcon. Um, and as you, you said, I am part of the leather community, a subset within a subset within a subset. <laughs> and uh, I find that that side of my life has... I've grown more into that over the last maybe two years. Uh, I'm very lucky to have some very good friends that are deep into the leather community that understand it a great deal. Um, they would say they haven't mentored me, but they've given me the guidance I needed to figure things out on my own. Mm-hmm. And going on with some other things that I've been doing in my life, it's given me a tremendous sense of direction, a tremendous sense of... Uh, the goals I need to have in my life so that it's not just me being me. It's a matter of there is a community out here for me to serve. Um, And I serve not just the BDSM community. I serve my local community and other needs. So walking the leather path for me is not just serving the kink community. It is helping anyone that I can. Absolutely, yeah, we've noticed that with the community, just within everyone helping each other. Like one of our persons said, other houses helping the House of Elves, giving the supplies, you know, even the supplies for the Littles activities, everything. It's just all, you know, surprisingly with society, like shunning us and saying, oh, you guys don't know what you're doing, you're domestic violence. And I'm like, dude, do you have you really come in and talk with us? I mean... Because it is all about community. It is about, uh, uh, you know, supporting each other there. Yeah, I definitely have never encountered a group of people that are more caring, more giving, where respect is held in such high regard, uh, where integrity is held in such high regard as it is within this community. As with any group, there are going to be outliers. There are going to be the, the people that are new that haven't figured things out yet. There are going to be assholes. There's, there's the bell curve. But yeah. on on average, just about anybody within this community will give almost anything off their back to help anyone else. And that is astonishing. You can ask someone, can you help me with this topic? Can you show me how to do this? And they are just thrilled to help you out. Oh, yeah. Absolutely there. So I'm staring at your vest now. Yes, sir. <laughs> Tell us more. I see a whole bunch of, well, I don't use that word. I'll use it today. Bling. Okay. <laughs> is, is that a Cthulhu pin? It looks like Cthulhu. No. Actually, I'll save that one for last. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> that one has a tiny side story to it. Ooh, um, I like side stories. <laughs> uh, I'm missing one that because the little back fell off of it, but this is the first FP, then the second, third, fourth, and this year's. Uh, this pin says M-A-S-T, which is Masters and Slaves Together. Uh, my first lifestyle real relationship after I came out was Master-Slave. I had a collared slave where I literally made all the decisions for her, mm-hmm. including her health care. I'd go in, the doctor would say, we need to do such and such and such. And she'd look at me, and I, I would have done the research and say, this is medication, this is what that... And that was the relationship. It was a complete total power exchange. Oh, wow. And it was... An interesting experience. Um, we learned from our experiences, and I learned that while it was fun's not the right word, exhilarating isn't is an enormous responsibility. Mm-hmm. I am not a micromanager, mm-hmm. and so 
the slave that I had wanted to be micromanaged, and that just wasn't my thing. Yeah. No. So my personality, I'm more of a daddy dom, and mm-hmm. so that works for me. I'm good at nurturing. I'm good at guiding. That's what I do. That's what I do in my professional life. So it just comes naturally to me. Okay. Uh, so, so I still keep the master and slaves together. You have to go to a whole number of different meetings before you get the pin. So oh, okay. I earn my stripes, so to speak. Cool. Um, I have one pin that says respect. It's in all different colors. And if I had glasses where I could actually see, the colors all represent different things. Okay. Um, this was made by a member of the community just as a sign of our mutual respect for each other. Mm-hmm. The two red pins are from Beyond Leather 8 and Beyond Leather 10, which was held by Sir Top and uh, Slave Bonnie. Mm-hmm. It's down in, I think, Fort Lauderdale every right. year. It's an amazing experience. If you ever get a chance to go, we've is... heard so much about it. It's just like we add it to our bucket list there. Yeah, it's, it's worth going to. Mm-hmm. You think that you get a lot from here, mm-hmm. you'll get a lot from there. Okay. And it's very different types of classes too. So, mm-hmm. um, and the, the last pin, um, I have two vests, one that I wear publicly. Uh, I wear it in my everyday work life. I wear my leather boots. I wear my leather belt. I wear my leather vest to work every day because that is who I am. Um, and I did not put any of the pins onto this vest for a very long time because I have not earned any of my leather from the community. I've not been okay. given leather from the community. And I didn't feel right about putting the pins on and wearing it out in public. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine that has been in the lifestyle since literally he was 18 um, asked me why it mattered what somebody else thought. He says that he wears what he wears for him. And that's part of the the great thing about the leather lifestyle is with the old guard being the old guard, some of their traditions are gone because people had died, AIDS epidemic, and so on. It's expanded outward to include uh, leather women, lesbians, um, now heterosexual males, heterosexual females. And so it's an evolving culture. And so we adopt our own identity. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, because we've heard the old leather from an mm-hmm. old leather gentleman. There, right. How strict and mm-hmm. how, you know, protocol driven it was right. going through the ranks. So, yeah. Right. And and there's really not quite amongst our younger generation. I mean, I'm 43, so I'm not exactly young. Um, but the mentorships that with the old guard that they went through aren't quite there. So, as I said, I, I've had the luck to have some friends that have said, take a look into this, take a look into that. And I've been able to figure out and put together what leather is to me mm-hmm. within the bigger context and how that integrates into my life. And so that brings me finally to the last pin. <laughs> um, you may see this this gentleman walking around, and as I say this, anyone that hears this, as soon as they hear this part, they'll know exactly who I'm talking about. Uh, a couple of years ago at one of the FPEs, I gave him a gift, and it was a um, clip-on hippo. Okay. <laughs> Purple, like a potato chip bag hippo. Okay. And because it's, there's a long story. Yes, that, that's another podcast. Well, that, that's another podcast. <laughs> it's a great story, though, man. Let me tell you. We plotted for a year for that one. Okay. But 
I gave it to him, and he wears it uh-huh. along with his pins. Awesome. Because that's just part of his identity. So for me, I am, as I am a daddy dom, as I am a sadist, and I happily, I've got a volunteer who would like me to turn her ass into hamburger. Fantastic. You want me to take my knives out and play on your back? Great. I will. I'm happy to do all that. I am also a giant nerd. So this last pin, as just a nod to who I am and myself, is a uh, Game of Thrones Hand of the King pin. <laughs> okay, that's all you. You're, that's John. John C. Luna is all about GOT there. So half the time I have to keep my mouth shut because I'm always on social media. And, and when I hear and read what's going on, I'm like, John, I don't want to know. I, I really don't want to know when you watch it. And although I don't have any leather. Uh, I do have my laptop bag, which I'm holding up proudly right now, which has, <laughs> let's see, uh, the Walking Dead pin. Mm-hmm. I actually am nerdy enough that I went up to Atlanta oh, that's awful. and went to the set. And what's amazing is you can sit on Woodbury, so mm-hmm. season three, I think. And if you turn directly away from the street, yep, across the street is Alexandria, Virginia, mm-hmm. which is right there. And of course, there's my Star Trek pin because I was mm-hmm. nerdy enough to. Go That's up. the first one that came out to me. <laughs> I, I had to go see it opening night midnight, mm-hmm. and uh, let's see what else. Um, well, that's also combined with uh, let's see, Roswell thinking. Mm-hmm. I love kinky people, and I love anal sex. So I got the the, the, the nice grouping of it. I definitely have to take them all off. Very nice class. universe. <laughs> yes. Otherwise, I would never teach them anything except these are what the pins mean. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Some days that's appropriate. Not to say the younger generation doesn't sometimes need that education. I'm just not doing that education on campus. I'll come to the convention. <laughs> but yet you scare them in class because you know about that? Yes, we, we've had we have the internet. <laughs> I, I teach 18 to 30 year olds. Mm-hmm. And if you know the words to listen for, mm-hmm. you realize exactly how many of them are in the kinky community. Mm-hmm. And what they're doing tonight, but they don't think anyone's listening. Mm-hmm. But we are. Oh, it's fun. One of my most favorite games is spot the people pleaser and try to figure out the submissive and masochists to be. I'll ask for volunteers and whatever I'm doing, and occasionally it'll involve rope or occasionally involve some kind of shackles, and they'll shackle themselves or tie themselves together and be like, oh, look at this. This is great. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I was right. <laughs> Sounds like a betting pool right there. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. It's just, I, I enjoy, we call it mind fucking. I just, I enjoy messing with people's heads. Uh, you come into my room, I have two skinned and stuffed squirrels in spring-loaded animal traps. And that's one of the first things you see. And people's reactions are like, well, I'm like, I want you to not know what to expect from me. And some days I'll just open up the trap and throw one of the squirrels in it and freaks the people out and then they laugh nervously and and we're we're, keep me on edge. Yeah, exactly. Is this a serial killer's house or not? (laughs) Nope, nope, not at all. I haven't killed anyone that I'm aware of. Well, we did come from a workshop. Yes. Where they actually we don't know why still. But they laid um, plastic all over the floor, and I walked into a workshop going, okay, if this workshop's Dexter-themed, I can leave now <laughs> before it gets bloody. 
But that's part of the whole concept of mindfucking is playing with your head and trying to get you nervous or anxious or overthinking something so that when the twist comes and you didn't expect it, that's the rush. As a person that plans those type of things, for us, it's just kind of sitting there going, <laughs> and for you, you get that release of endorphins and adrenaline where you realize, oh, ah, okay, I'm fine. Oh, yeah, it's great, man. <laughs> well, you ask anyone, uh, you say the saying, you know, sex is in the head. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, of course. And then you start playing these mind games and mm-hmm. it surprises them. I'm like, it's just all in the head. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, my girl and I, she, before me, she never did anything with knives. And I just, I've, I've been a knife person forever. And we were doing a scene where I had, I guess I had put wax on her. And then used one of my knives to just slowly scrape it off. Um, but the contrast of the warm wax and then the heat holding underneath the wax against the skin. I laid several different knives on her back so that the blades were just resting against her skin. And she afterwards swore that I had just gouged her back open because of the change in how sensitive her skin was. And so after she was like, God, that was amazing. I just I went and looked in the mirror and there was nothing wrong and it just it felt like I was gonna be bleeding everywhere. And I'm like, like I just and I had planned that. That was just like oh, I was gonna put this here, I was gonna put that there. <laughs> that was a great mind fuck. I'm like, oh yeah, it was. It was totally I completely planned that. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those are always the best scenes, the unplanned scenes. It's like, yeah, yeah, I'll take full credit, you know, I'm just like, no. <laughs> Well, if you talk to the older members of the leather community, they, the old guard, leather is about sex. And if you are not having fun, you're not doing it right. Good philosophy. Thank you very much for such a wonderful conversation. Love everything about it. Well, thank How you. can people find you if in case they want to reach out, ask more questions? Uh, you can find me on FetLife at underscore S. T-E-W-A-R-D underscore. Um, the symbol, my avatar, is a red and white rose, I believe. And you can also find me on Facebook a little bit harder as Stuart, same spelling, uh, without the underscores, space A, space D-A-I-D-H-I, I believe is how it's spelled. Uh, it's Gaelic for Daddy. Oh, that's yeah. an interesting twist. I like that. Oh, well, get it. With so many people on Facebook these days, you got to get creative. <laughs> oh, yes. Very creative. And then you have to go to older language, that's even better. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time there. Well, it was my pleasure. Thank you. Well, that's a lot of work to be in the leather community, but I, I guess with the changing of the guards, as he kept saying, it's different now. Well... It is definitely structured, which a lot of people like, uh, including myself. But um, I love the amount of respect in there. The, mm-hmm. the, the whole level of, well, I didn't earn it, so I'm not going to do it. Which, you know, there's so many, I'll use the word, uh, posers out there. True. That the genuineness of the leather community, I, ju- I just love it. Well, it's kind of different from the old guard, as he said, to the new guard. Because the old guard is very, very much into old traditions. You have to earn it. You have to pass it on. 
But with the new guard, is my understanding from him, is as long as you're doing the community work, you're putting effort into it, then you have earned your leather, which is kind of, you know, different perspective, different generations. So, but very informative. I love the information about this pin. So funny. It's I like, want more pins. I know. I know. You need more pins. So, but every, there is this awesome website, everyone, Kiki and Geeky Pins. They had a Thelma bondage pin. They also had a Harry Potter, Harry Potter Hitachi wand. And the new one, Daphne. Daphne, Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo is coming out also tied up in bondage. So I'm going to try to see if they could be one of our sponsors because we do promote the shit out of them. (laughs) (laughs) We we just like the perverted pins. Oh, yeah. They're very perverted. Yeah, they sold out of Thelma right away. I'm like, hello. And apparently they stole the Rick and Morty. I don't know. I've never seen the cartoon. It's a new cartoon network. Well, new-ish. New-ish for us. It's probably been out for years, but they did take... One of his fetish gear outfits and made it into a pin. So definitely check out geekyandkinkypins.com there. I think that's the right one. But anyways, next to our final uh, interview of the evening from Florida Power Exchange is Siren. And she is very much into service oriented. So she was one of the founding members of the House of Elves. And she explains how they got their name. Good evening, everyone. It's Angelique Luna with Living a Sex Positive Life here. We're with uh, John C. Luna. Hello, everyone. <laughs> We're here at Florida Power Exchange 2017, and we have our next guest, Siren. Welcome. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get into the community? How did you get started? What do you do for the community? Uh, I got started in the community just over six years ago. Um, I actually met Michael and Amia first. Um, they been there for me since day one um found it through some friends and i've actually been to every fpe since its inception um i volunteer at beyond leather for security um my sir is the head of security at bl i helped found the fpe house elves three years ago so and i'm a house elf this year as well and i pretty much help out wherever i can so I just like serving. (laughs) That's awesome there. It's like different things and trips all over the place. Beyond Leather, Florida Power Exchange. We've heard so much about the house elves and how how everyone appreciates their presence. It's been great seeing it grow. Um, I actually, I, I helped found it three years ago and then the torch was passed the next year. I had some stuff in my personal life that kind of prevented me from taking on too much responsibility last year. So I, it's been really cool to see it grow into what it is now. And I started out with like somewhere between four and seven elves my first year. And Amia came to me and said, I've got this idea. I saw it at another event where there's just a small group of people that are in service to the event and the attendees. And I really like to do something like that. So I started putting together bags with different odds and ends in it and had a naming contest and they won free tickets for naming and FB house elves stuck. And that first year at town council, I gave all of my elves a sock and said, here, you're free. 
Because, I mean, if you're a house elf, you, you, you got to have a sock to be freed. <laughs> so if anyone doesn't know Harry Potter, which I'll be surprised, you know, Dobie was the elf who needed socks in order to be free, right? Or um, All of the house elves in Harry Potter, uh, the only way that they would not serve their master would be if they were given clothes, because giving clothes meant that they had freedom. They had a free choice, and Dobby was the last one to get freed, and of course Hermione had her own little kick on, you know, freeing all the house elves and tricking their owners into giving them clothes by, like, giving them something pointless, like a book that happened to have a sock in it, and the owner would hand the sock, or hand the book over to the house elf and be like, oh, I'm free, and kind of pissed a lot of people off. She did that very well throughout the stories. (laughs) Yes, yes, she did. <laughs> well, it seems almost synonymous that if you're in the uh, in this lifestyle, uh, you either have some love or association for Harry Potter or Doctor Who. It's one or the other. No, something something sci-fi related, geek related, or video game related. I've discovered that because even the, we just saw someone with an eight-bit tattoo. Yes, that was cool. Nerds do cross over. I actually am a recently converted Whovian. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I just started on Capaldi's first season, so I'm getting closer to being caught up, but there, there is a lot of crossover. Um, I think it has to do with almost the outcast side of things. I mean, we're not exactly, we're getting more mainstream, but just like nerds used to be the, you know, loners in the corner and they're coming out of the woodwork now. It's kind of like, eh, why not? I'm alternative in one way. Why not be alternative in every way? (laughs) (laughs) Very true. (laughs) So, very cool. So, um, what do you consider yourself? Top, bottom, thong, sub, masochist? Gotta go down the list. It's like a few hundred. I know. We've heard all of them today. And that's why our final interview is like, okay, so which one are you? <laughs> I checked quite a few boxes, actually. I started in the lifestyle as just a submissive bottom. And throughout the last six years and my first relationship, I evolved from just a submissive who liked to play as a bottom to I'm also a pet. I'm a little. Um, I've done master-slave relationships. I'm a masochist, which... That fluctuates from time to time, but that's one of the things I like about the lifestyle is you don't have to fit into one box. You can be many different things with many different people. Um, I'm currently in a poly daddy little girl relationship, and I have a lot more freedom in this one than I had my last one because my last, which was also my very first lifestyle relationship in general, it was very much a master slave slash daddy little girl slash pet owner mechanic and he would negotiate all my scenes for me and everything went through him and when he and I split three years ago I had no idea how to do anything on my own I had no idea how to negotiate I I didn't know how to navigate the lifestyle on my own and luckily uh, through the members of this community I learned how to do those things and I learned how to be a single submissive and take care of myself and then when I found my current daddy I have full bodily autonomy so I get to make my own decisions if I want to ask permission, I can, and it's kind of evolved into this thing, and I never thought I'd be comfortable with that because I like having that structure and that discipline, but there's, I have found there are other ways to have that structure and discipline without it being, I have to ask to go to the bathroom every five minutes or to breathe or to sit on the couch or what have you, but um, it, it, I love the fact that I can be so many different things. I can be whatever I want to be. 
That is fantastic. You know, and this is such a great environment that you could just ask someone and they will give you the resources, the information, or if not, find someone who could give you that information. And so many people do change in a lifestyle. Uh, I find a lot start as a bottom and they move to the versatile and then sometimes they move to the top and then sometimes they may move back to a switch. It's, it's, it's almost, I won't say it's like a mood, but people change. And this is a place where that change obviously shows. Because out in the vanilla world, you know, you have coworkers, you have friends. Sure, they change, but he's still Bobby. He's still Billy. He's still Joey. And down here, it's where you're bearing your emotions. You're, you're, you're kind of putting it out there of whether you're top-bottoming, master-slave, uh, whatever it is. And you get to see a lot of that. And I have seen quite a few people, especially in the, the leather community, it is very common to start at the bottom and go up from there. There are plenty of... Um, leather masters and leather daddies that started out as boys or girls or slaves of some sort. I myself will never be anything on what we call the left side of the slash. I will never be a D type at top. I mean, I can top in some things like fire cupping, but it takes a lot of mental preparation to frame it in my mind as a service. I'm, I don't have a dominant bone in my body. I mean, at all. Which, of course, leaves me open for some jokes, like, I got a dominant bone, but uh, I I don't have the ability to take control unless, like, I'm working or something like that. So, but I've met plenty of people that when I first meet them, they're either a bottom or they're a bottom-leaning switch. There's actually someone here this weekend that I met at the last FPE that was a bottom-leaning switch at the time, and now he's wanting to play with me, and I'm like, you do realize I don't top at all, right? And he's like, no, I'm, I've evolved. I, I'm, I only bottom or submit to very few people, and I actually like the left side of the slash a little bit more now. I'm like, we can negotiate something. So, and even my own tastes have evolved over the years. I mean, I started out no needles, no cutting, no branding. You know, nothing hardcore, and now I've I've had like four cuttings. I've had a brand. I've done cell popping. I've done up. To, I think my total so far is up to sixty eight needles at one time, and it's just it's gone up from there. And learning to cope with different forms of pain and how to translate that painful experience into something that's actually pleasurable and breathing through it was just an amazing epiphany for me, mm-hmm. and was able to to allow me to push my limits a little bit more. Sounds like Master Penguin's theory. Yeah, we already went over that one. But uh, basically, your hard limits are are not your hard limits. They will eventually become your soft limits, and they'll eventually turn into the, oh, that's yummy, can we do it now? I agree with that in some cases, but there are some, like, scat that will never come off my hard limits list. Like, not for anybody, not for the King of France. (laughs) Well... My hard limits list over the last year has grown just because I didn't realize there's stuff I need to say are on that list. I never actually thought biological animals was something I needed to declare. <laughs> like, I thought that was a given unless specified not. Now, if you're into it, great. Just don't let the cops catch it. But um, a blood play, definitely on my hard list. I'm not, not a huge fan of it. Branding, I'd love, love to watch. Just burning flesh, just not, not a smell I'm 
it associates bad for me. A, a friend of mine was getting a brand on his shoulder done by Voss and Neil, and uh, he had to point out the fact that it smelled like cooking hamburgers. Oh. And then he got hungry for a McDonald's burger. I'm like, I love you, man, but no. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I love Master Penguin to death. Um, when I started in this lifestyle six years ago, my very first event was Fetish Circuit and Ebor. And after that, I got dragged to the woodshed in Orlando for fifth Friday photo op at the time. And I got suspended for my very first time. And my mother went with me and got suspended as well. So, Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, my very first public scene at the Phoenix, um, which was literally a month after I found that there was a community and events and things like that. Um, my very first scene was a eight bottom, seven top mass a-frame scene for a friend of mine's birthday and I still haven't lived it down to this day. I said, I don't care what you do to me as long as you don't tie me up facing my mother because my mother was also part of that. Well, actually, it, it, we have a very relaxed relationship. Well, I think that's fantastic. I would love to have an know relationship with the rest of my family like that. Not that I ever want to run into them at a club. It's just, just even to see that it exists, that, that a mother-daughter can have a relationship like that, where they can go to club and actually be a part of the same scene, mm-hmm. is it, refreshing. I, I brought my little brother to Kinky Camp out a couple of years ago. I mean, he's of age, and I told him there were two rules. I had just gotten out of my long relationship, and I was being a stunt cunt for Master Talon's uh, chain class, the chain trick where you insert chain there's a splash zone and it became a subtitled intro to siren's vagina. And so when I brought my brother with me, I said, there's two rules. You're not allowed to go to the chain class and you are not allowed to walk around naked like the rest of us do. So he kept two of those rules until the very last day. It was a couple hours before we were supposed to leave and he goes trotting past me with his towel over his shoulder in just the right way to cover everything and boots, nothing else. I'm like, Really, dude? I just remember. I know where you live. <laughs> but And I've actually met a, a few other mother-daughter pairs or brother-sister pairs. Um, my sister, my daddy's wife, uh, her brother and his girlfriend are here. And it, it's really cool to see other people that have similar relationships with their family that I do. Because a lot of people I've explained that to and they're like, oh my god, I couldn't even imagine my mother ever even having sex. Like, yes, I know I was born, but just to me, it, it, it was an immaculate conception. They never had sex. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. So it, it's been interesting. I think it's sad that that's, that's probably nationwide is, is closer to the norm than not. Agreed. Agreed. I, most people don't even want to acknowledge the fact that their parents are sexual human beings. I mean, I've had that thought with my grandparents because my grandparents are very loving, touchy-feely people. But uh, in this community, it doesn't seem like... I don't want to say there's nothing off-limits, but there are much less limits when it comes to people that are coming to events or what they're doing at events. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen this year in the dungeons and things like that, but I've seen some stuff that's just like, wow... I never thought of using a jalapeno for that or, you know, just random things. And you were talking about adding things to your limits list because you didn't know that they needed to be specified. 
there's a reason why head shaving is on my hard limits list because I know people that I've had to go through that. But I also live by the philosophy when I'm negotiating scenes, instead of an exclusionary frame, it's inclusive instead. So yes, you can do this, 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 and that. If we didn't talk about it, no, you can't do it. Mm-hmm. That way you don't have to remember, think to yourself, well, did I remember to tell them not to break any bones or shave my eyebrows off or throw a pig, guinea pig on me? I mean, it, it gets a little bit ridiculous sometimes. Well, there needs to be, and there are classes on negotiating uh, for both tops and bottoms. Because I've heard negotiation that literally lasted 30 seconds and they walk into the other room like, oh, that's not going to work out well. And I've heard some, I can call them masters, go into negotiation and they just coming up with questions and I wanted to interrupt them and go, can you slow down? I need to write this down. I'm taking notes. Because it was just that good to where uh, he went over, are you allergic to anything? Is there any trauma I need to know about? Do you have any triggers? I mean, just went through the whole list of everything and I thought... It was going to be a fairly intense scene. He's like, no, this is all the questions I always ask. And they were just doing roping. It sounds like you were talking to Isaac Cross. (laughs) (laughs) No, but now I want to know this guy. Okay, yeah. If you're looking for... um, Okay. Cross is a presenter educator out of Colorado. And he is an amazing guy. He teaches at BL. He's the head DM at BL. And um, he does a lot for the... The, I don't remember what city. He, he runs a couple of education sites and actually club spaces. And one of the classes he taught this, this year at BL was on negotiation. And it was a very awesome framework for not only pickup play negotiation, but for long term. And his thing, and it's the same with my daddy, is negotiations don't always have to be okay two people sitting down at a table in the club trying to figure out what you're going to do because that can take a lot away from things and it can be distracting and things like that if you start talking like of course for pickup play it's going to be that way but if you know you're planning on wanting to play with somebody send them a message on FET text message phone call something and just have a conversation because most of the points you'll bring up in negotiation are going to come up in a conversation as you're getting to know somebody. Mm-hmm. And Cross has anagrams and handouts that are just amazing for negotiations. And that same day, um, I was his demo bottom for his needles class. I got turned into an evil burrito, which was hilarious. And we didn't technically, by any stretch of the imagination, negotiate. Mm-hmm. But between us having known each other for a little while, even though we'd never played before, and just the conversations we'd had beforehand, and the fact that he knows I play with my daddy, who is very into needles, he knew that I could handle what we were doing, and he was listening to my feedback throughout the class. So knowing that he knew what he was doing, not only because I've seen him do needles before, but also knowing that he was comfortable with the lack of negotiation because he knows about negotiation was refreshing. But yeah, one of the best people to ever teach uh, negotiations, mind fucks, uh, he teaches a lot of stuff. So definitely worth looking well, up. That, that's a ninja level of negotiation. <laughs> oh yeah. Kind of what every, we all aspire to where obviously he has a relationship with you, if not directly through viewing, through reputation, where you can actually make all those assumptions and be correct about them. Yeah. So... It was just funny because we were like, oh, we're, we're going to talk about this after this class. You know, we'll get together for a little bit. And it just never happened. The class <laughs> gone. And I'm sitting on the table going, what are we doing? 
I mean, do they give consent too? <laughs> he ends up attaching my arm to my leg with two needles and a rubber band. <laughs> Bent the, bent the needle the first time just to show people that it's okay. The needle's not going to snap. I'm like, you just bent a needle in my arm. And I have to give them shit every once in a while because there was enough tension to where I have a scar. There just four pinprick holes. Oh, Just four pinprick dots on my leg. And I'm, I sent him a picture of it because I've got his phone number. I'm like, you scarred me, damn it. Or the other thing I will say for anybody who's new to kink that may be listening, shit happens. Mistakes happen. Just to give an example, this BL, I was playing with someone I had just met, and we decided to do a takedown primal wrestling scene, and we pretty much negotiated, I told him about my bad back, he told me where not to hit him, everything was going good, and about five minutes into the scene, he brings me down to the floor, and I was naked, and he was still pretty much fully clothed, and he hit me into his hip, and he had moved his belt buckle to his side, and he had a, a motorhead belt buckle. Ouch. I caught the corner of my eye. And I'm like, okay, yellow, we got to stop for a second. I'm holding my face. I'm like tearing up and I move my hand and I'm bleeding and I'm just laying there and I just start laughing my ass off because I'm like, this is the perfect storm. We had negotiated as much as possible, but nobody thought about the belt. He had moved it so that when my lower back hit him, I wouldn't be jabbed by the belt buckle. And it was just... He had never been to BL before, so he's like, oh shit, now they're going to think that I'm fucked up. And about five minutes after, I'm icing my face, and I'm like, all right, I quit bleeding, let's keep going. He's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, now I want to kick your ass even more. (laughs) He felt so bad about it, and I I giggled uh, before we started playing, and I pat him on on the back, and I'm like, guess what? You get to tell my daddy. (laughs) Oh! And my daddy was fine with it. But he's giving him shit, too, and every once in a while I send him a picture of my face going, you've left a scar, just saying. And he taught a class on negotiations up in Jacksonville, where he's based out of, and I'm like, don't forget to mention to remove belt buckles to avoid black eyes, because I had never had a black eye before. I'm like, hey, you popped a cherry. I've never been this injured during a a scene before. Popped a cherry and left a scar. He's permanent in your life now. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm like, like, quarter of an inch higher and I'd have like poked my eye out I'm like we got really fucking lucky yes very lucky but yeah shit happens know yourself be aware of yourself because most people well some people especially newer people that would freak out about that and be like oh my god consent violation or you know something really stupid like that but I am self-aware enough and know my body enough to know okay my head hurts a little bit but I'm done bleeding. I can see out of my eye. My face isn't on fire. You know, I am still good to go. And mm-hmm. I'm like, trust me, I would have stopped the scene completely if I thought I couldn't continue. Correct. So that, that, that is that, that is awesome. Damage report. Okay, we're good. Move on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and with primal scenes, that tends to be what you end up having to do. Because a lot of people that do primal play either black out or just get so into headspace that sometimes it's like, okay, tap out for a second. Piercings. Got them all. And that's the other thing with primal play is a lot of people will either take out their piercings or tape them down. And I didn't, and I almost ripped my nipple ring out oh. that night. Oh, I almost ripped my eyebrow ring out too, because the way I hit, I hit my head went down, so I hit my eyebrow and then hit the spike with oh. the corner of my eye socket. So I was like, "That's what I thought happened first. I thought I ripped my eyebrow out, and I'm like, "Oh, oh. no, nope, it's still there. Oh, that's where it hurts. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, we hope all future play goes blood free unless intentional. 
But thank you very much for uh, for your time and sharing your experiences with us. It has definitely been my pleasure, and I hope that it helps somebody. This whole podcast, I'm, I'm glad you guys are able to do this. This is really cool. Well, thank you. In case people want to reach out to you, how can they find you, or do you have other resources? Or um, You can find me on FetLife, uh, Siren underscore JBX. Um, I'm on the Florida Power Exchange page. I'm on a bunch of different people's pages. Um, FET is going to be your best resource to find pretty much anything. The discussion groups there are amazing. That's how I got started originally. Um, And that's also a great place to find most of our vendors that have been here today and the artists and photographers that are here. I personally was on Artist Row. I do um, crochet work, wood burning, amigurumi, lumigurumi, and my Facebook page, my business Facebook page is linked on my FetLife as well. So if anybody wants to reach out, just shoot me a message and I will pretty much respond to anybody who's respectful when they message me. Um, I just won't accept from requests from people I don't know, but I'll, I will talk all day about pretty much anything. <laughs> so Awesome. I, mean, I think that's just good FetLife etiquette. Yes. Yes. <laughs> don't friend people you don't know. I, it's happened three times over the last couple of weeks, and now that Fet added the following feature, where they automatically follow you, follow someone as soon as you click yes, send the friend request, and well, actually now you can follow someone without friending them. Well, yeah, you you can do it the reverse, but if you friend somebody as soon as you send that friend request, that you auto follow them which I don't particularly care about, but eh, such is life. And then I get the people that read my profile and say, oh, I have to send a message first, so I'll say hi. Like One word doesn't count. Exactly. It's not a message. Oh, I just wanted to introduce myself. Hi. Saying hi does not introduce yourself. Just reminds me of Stitch. Hi. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Siren. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to go get food now. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> Have a good night, guys. Wow, that was a lot more Harry Potter education for FPA than I was expecting. Well, you know, we do live, to, live near Universal, so... Uh, and they do have like Harry Potter land there. So it does help to know a little bit, not to mention all the kinky people are into Harry Potter. So it never hurts to know too much Harry Potter. Yes, but there's a lot of great information on how the House of Elves were created there. That really was exhausting, all those interviews. But, you know, the reason it was exhausting was just like so much excitement and adrenaline going. It, it was a major rush there because at the same time we're doing the interviews, we had a gorgeous spread of snacks out there. We had ring pops for hugs. We had animal crackers, all the little Capri Suns. Um, and then we found out the inside joke about drinking the Kool-Aid. And we did actually have Kool-Aid <laughs> drink pouches. Had no idea. That was total coincidence considering like very minimal conversations was just between me and Amia. And, you know, always like, finding out you know daddy it's like at the very end when they did the well they did a uh what was it a town meeting at the end mm-hmm. where town, hall. town yeah. hall meeting where we got to go ahead and kind of uh speak our piece and uh give thanks and just talk about anything we've experienced or done which was absolutely heartfelt it's something uh a lot of tears a lot of tears um but i definitely want to give a shout out and a huge thank you to amia Mm-hmm. And her husband, 
Daddy Michael that we just met at Town Hall. I kid you not, I was so embarrassed I had to say it. I'm like, I'm sorry, this is the first time I know about you. I've heard about you, but this is the first time meeting you. <laughs> well, considering the amount of people there, it was fairly, it would have been nearly impossible to meet everyone well, before the, the last day. Well, here's the funny part. He was at FetishCon and Fire. Again, several hundred people. <laughs> but, again, thank you very much for inviting us and letting us broadcast. They gave us a great room to broadcast out of, and they invited us back next year. Yes, yes. And then hopefully we will try to do like a sit-down round, uh, ta- uh, round, round table. table. Round, yeah, thank you. Round table uh, podcast with the whole staff of Florida Power Change because they also did want to talk, but it was just too chaotic for them to like sit down, take 10, 15 minutes to actually talk to us because they were making sure that everything was running smoothly. I also want to give a huge shout out for DJ Pup, which I still want your soundtrack, your playlist. You play some awesome, awesome music there, both nights there at Dungeon. So um, if anyone could help me encourage DJ Pup, you know, sniff, sniff, hunk, hug, you know, it's like, I want a playlist on either SoundCloud, MixCloud, um, Spotify. I'll give you more updates and things of what to do. <laughs> and still throwing out a thank you to all the volunteers and volunteers in security that made this event go seamless. It would. It was one of the most well-organized events uh, we've been to. Oh, absolutely. You cannot tell the difference of any, you know, ruckus or chaos or anything because... Uh, Everyone from volunteers, security, FPE staff. And to be honest, I couldn't tell who was a volunteer and who was an actual staff member just because everyone worked together as a community to ensure everyone had a great time. It was a safe, sane, consensual space. Uh, Great dungeon space, great classes. Vendors. Vendors. Vendors were wonderful. Yes. Too bad it was our last conference and we were money tapped out. I know. There was... I will say, my next conference, I'm going to get a kilt. I, I, I drank the Kool-Aid. I, I've been to enough. I have enough. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get the kilt. Not a skirt. A kilt. After three back-to-back conferences, this is what he comes back with. He wants a kilt. Well, I already got the floggers and the rope and everything else and the rope cutter and the safety equipment and the latches and the paddles and... And oh, now you just still need a rope ring to hand me up for suspension. I, I will get all of that. I like the honeycomb one. If we could get the honeycomb, that would be nice. So so they've announced the dates for next year. Next year it will be in September. I don't know the exact dates. Uh, but I, I, I think I knew what the exact dates were. If you like this broadcast, definitely go ahead and get your tickets and get them early. Uh, they will sell out. I can almost guarantee that... They will sell out. Um, September 20th to the 23rd, 2018. And next year's theme is You Are Not Alone. Well, this year's theme was Know Your Roots, Mm -hmm. which was really nice to know, uh, basically to dig in and know your back history and where you come from. But the next year coming up of You're Not Alone, really, it's already speaking to a lot of us. Yeah. Because a lot of us in, in our daily lives, in our workplaces... We, we can't come out. Yeah, we can't world. scream at the top of our lungs to say we are fucking kinky people and we're proud of it. So we go ahead and live this double lifestyle, which I've done at times. I, I've, I've shed most of it, but 
uh, I still live that somewhat partially. But um, yeah, I'm out, and it, it's just kind of hard to go back in. <laughs> Except now for Hurricane Irma, that's where everyone was making a jokes. So it's like I see you eventually did go back to the closet. It was a tornado. Of course, I had to go back to the closet. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, again, you were there with me. Don't 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 you dare. We were all stuck in the closet. I like being out of the closet. The closet's not a fun place. <laughs> there was there's no air conditioning in the closet. It's, Oh, yeah, you're right. I never pay attention to that. <laughs> okay, we're digressing. Yes, this is what happens after cabin fever with Hurricane Irma and having a friggin' 16-year-old with us for, for the whole week and trying to entertain her at the same time. It's like nothing's open because there's no electricity. Well, now that we're getting back to normal, I hope you enjoyed our podcast and you continue listening. Like us on Facebook, uh, Twitter, FetLife. Say hi. Uh, I'm John C. Luna, and I can be found again Twitter, Facebook, uh, and FetLife. I'm I'm basically the living the sex positive life everywhere, but on FetLife it is Miss Angelique Luna and every other social media. Also, I'd like to say thank you to our sponsors, the Witchhead Orlando, who helped introduce us to many of these organizations where we got to interview and be part of it. Um, I know they did fire. They also introduced us to a couple people at FetishCon and the Florida Power Exchange. So they have been an amazing resource in the community. Please uh, visit them, check out their classes and workshops. Have any suggestions, please let them know that we recommended you. Thank you. So you hear us talk about sexual wellness toys. I know we did recommend another website who helps us out, but here's a little bit more affordable and very sex positive sexual wellness. Um, Very picky on the products that they use. It's enticeme.com. .co, actually. .co, sorry, .co there. But they don't have to know the link. They can go to our website, and on the menu, it's down at the bottom. Just click on the shopping link. And that's how you could help and support us by shopping at enticeme.co. They also are one of the few select elite vendors that sell the Seminet Pop Dildo that we had a couple weeks ago interviewing the CEO. So you know that you're getting high-end quality at great prices. And they have everything from condoms and lube to fetish to bondage gear to couples play, man. Some of those couples toys we have. And mm. I always like the high tech ones that I can integrate with my iPhone. I know the techie and him, but I just love the vibration. So if you love what we do, please support us by shopping at enticeme.co. Go to our link on living a sex positive life. Shop at enticeme. And you will be supporting us, and you guys will be having some fabulous time with some fabulous toys. Enjoy.